I feel sorry for you, Mark. You just don't know how to have fun. What? It's because you're scared all the time. I know. I used to be scared, too. That was before I found out. And now what? That once you realize you can do anything, you're free. You could fly. Nobody can touch you. Nobody. Mark? Don't be afraid to fly. Listening to the Buzzed Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 137 of the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we're going full wood. <laughs> All right. What's up, guys? I'm Jim. I'm Tank. And I'm Jen's got poop. Jen's got poop. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I forgot. Uh, there um, he is. Justin is also here, but he's uh, he's out working on his car right now. He's so. doing much more manly things than we are right now. So hopefully this all goes smoothly, because we don't know how to work his computer. <laughs> you hit a space bar. I think that's basically it. Yeah. yeah. I've just the, summed up recording star, engineer in a Star sentence. button, and uh, you, just, you just explained... Uh, uh, DJing. Oh, okay. Space, <laughs> space Probab- bar. Probably no skill involved. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna go weird. What's going on, fellas? Oh, not a lot. Ooh. Oh, did you hear that? Yeah, things are going good. It's been uh, it's been a busy week for me. Had uh, this was my first week after six weeks of sitting at a desk, going back into the field working production. I uh, did three events in a row in extremely cold environments. Did you Did you meet uh, Mayor of Warren, Jim Fouts? <laughs> I did not. I that met... guy's such a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's a listener, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're friends. But, uh, yeah, one of them was out in a tent where there was this giant groundbreaking for a BJ's Wholesale. Great. Great. It's very Whole, exciting. Wholesales, wholesale BJs, you say? <laughs> Where is this exactly? Mike was, Mike was the first in line. <laughs> He's like, I hear you're giving out free stuff. <laughs> line them up. But, uh, yeah, at the event, it was so funny because at these public events, these groundbreakings, you always have these random-ass people who literally will just, like, they'll be driving along and they'll pull up and be like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, this is free stuff. I'll just take this. And then they walk off. It's like, that wasn't for you, sir. <laughs> those, are, those are my speakers, sir. <laughs> it's not free. But yeah, I also worked in another tent and then in an ice arena yesterday. And, then the, and the ice arena was probably the warmest of all the locations. Is that right? It, it actually was. <laughs> A fun fact about Michigan, if you don't know much about it, this time of year, it can be 80 degrees one day and then it can be close to freezing the next day so yep it was that's been happening i was up in bad axe earlier today and it was easily 25 degrees colder than it than it was insane yeah it's crazy i uh i actually went up there today because i got rid of my envoy after almost a decade of driving it wow it's a it was a 2003 envoy xl and it was a, a beautiful car and it did me did me well 180,000 miles. Still wow. ran still ran like a dream. GMC makes a good engine, man. Yeah. They uh, but, uh, figured out. 
so I went up. I went up today. Uh, gave that to my dad. He's gonna sell it. And uh, my grandpa, who just passed, I ended up buying his car. Nice uh, 2012 Buick LaCrosse. Oh, Ooh. nice. So that's my new whip that You're I came sweet. in today. All about oh, that luxury it. vehicle it, life. It is, uh, it's currently loaded with firearms. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is loaded. <laughs> I've got three three guns in the trunk right now because we're going shooting on Saturday. Oh, that's going to be uh, so much fun. For J- uh, Jay Rogers, um uh, bachelor party. Yeah, and he's not here, so we can say that. And he's not going to listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what geez. about you, Tank? What do you got going on? Um, I had the last six days off consecutive. I just had some vacation time at work that I uh, burnt through. Um, so, yeah, it was nice. Just got a lot of R&R time with the... I have a two-year-old at home. Hanging with the little dude. Yeah, and my oh, wife. Man. And uh, did a lot of yard work, a lot of dad shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I got to get going on that. God, I've got so many projects I need to do, and I just, I got, I always have big plans. I'm a big plan guy <laughs> in my head, and then the execution <laughs> is just never there. Like I've got, I've got stuff that's rolled over from like five summers ago yeah. that yeah. I never took care of. I'm just the worst. I'm going to tear out those bushes this weekend. Following Saturday, uh, the bushes actually look pretty <laughs> nice. I think I'm going to leave them. <laughs> that's well, you, that's you're pretty. Busy. You know, you got you got your leather crafting. That's, yeah, that's it. It should probably the the uh, the taking care of the my house stuff should probably yeah. take precedence, but it doesn't. Yeah, I get that. And uh, and even even the leather, like I could technically do all of those projects because during the day, I am not doing the leather work. I do that all at night. So what's my excuse? I have no excuse. I'm just a piece of shit. <laughs> I say put those kids to work. Um, put your back into it. Grab those weeds. My my daughter uh, just turned four, and she's actually becoming very interested in doing chores, which nice. that excites me. Goals. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to putting her to work in, in major ways. So, But uh, anyway, yeah, that's pretty much what we got going on this week. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. We're Without Mike here, I'm just completely lost. <laughs> what do we usually do after this? Corrections? Corrections. Let's yeah. get into some corrections. Should we Should we talk about why we're going full wood today? Uh, no, not until we introduce the, <laughs> the movies. <laughs> oh, I, I suppose. Yeah, that's fine. Mike, come back. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Let's do Please. some corrections. Stupid. You're so Okay, so we only have one correction this week, and it comes from uh, our good buddy, Young Michael. Who? Uh, young Michael. He <laughs> he uh, he just had a septoplasty, which makes him the uh, basically the expert on all surgeries. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike got to me, and he said uh, he said you guys were saying it wrong last week when you were talking about the skin I live in. You were calling it a vaginoplasty, which, mind you, it is the word that they use in the movie. And he says. That a vaginoplasty is a, um, let's see, uh, the exact definition that he told to me was a a vaginoplasty is a procedure that aims to tighten up a vagina that's become slack or loose from vaginal childbirth or aging. And uh, immediately on the tail of that, I would like to correct Mike. (laughs) 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 Because... A vaginoplasty also, uh, well, not also, but according to Wikipedia, I just lost the, I know that Wikipedia is the best place to go for information, right? But according (laughs) to Wikipedia, vaginoplasty is any surgical procedure that results in the construction or reconstruction of the vagina. 
And then I looked up uh, sexual reassignment surgery just to make sure that, you know, just to like set this in stone. And also in the sexual reassignment surgery article, it says that it is called a vaginoplasty. Mike, we don't care if you come back or not. <laughs> I like to picture Mike uh, feverishly uh, Googling vaginoplasty. Vagina like, Got him! Yeah! It hey, sounds great! <laughs> you fucked some shit up. <laughs> Except you didn't. Um, as far as I know, that's all the corrections that we have for this week. I listened to the episode and I completely forgot to mark uh, timestamps for whether or not we actually had... I think we were Any perfect. Any other ones. So, yeah, probably so, perfect. You know. I, the major, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say that the majority of our corrections usually come from things that Mike <laughs> says wrong. So, with him not here, there's not a... And, and once again, this 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 is a great example. This is case He's not even here. Point. He's not even here. And we already had to correct a correction that he corrected because he's so bad at his job. So, oh. <laughs> with all of that being said... Uh, this week we are going full wood, full on wood. Yeah, full. We're going full on wood, and the reason we're doing that is because if you listen to the episode last week, we were talking about either doing an Elijah Wood episode because uh, our buddy Mike looks strikingly like Elijah Wood, and we wanted to do another episode to honor him while he was gone. Uh, but then we also got to talking about AI. We did uh, on the episode last week, and we thought we could do an AI episode, or we could do an Elijah Wood episode, and then we thought, why don't we do one Elijah Wood movie and one AI movie, and you know, we can do whatever we want. Our our uh, <laughs> our tyrant <laughs> is not here with us, so he can't tell us what to do. There are no rules. But then we ended up deciding to go full wood. So this week we talked about the Good Son from nineteen ninety three. Thank you, nineteen ninety three, and then uh, the remake. Of the uh, of of Maniac from 2012. Yeah, or I saw 13. With who fucking cares? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Those two uh, years. So to go along with that, uh, this week we are drinking from Arbor Brewing Company. Arbor means trees. Trees are wood. Bam. And also, <laughs> this is called Treebeard IPA. Um, where did the box go? I lost it. Um, you. Yeah, let me go grab it. Yeah, go grab that. So this is a uh, this is a Arbor Brewing Company from it's right here in Ann Arbor, isn't it? I believe. If I'm so. not mistaken, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Proudly Ypsilanti. Oh, proudly brewed in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Let's see here. Uh, drink fresh. Other side. Which one of these right. is actually? Ah, here we go. Treebeard IPA is a deliciously dank Midwest-style IPA that blends flavors of mango, pineapple, orange, and woodsy qualities of mosaic, Simcoe, and Comet hops. The pale Vienna and caramel hops provide a rich malt character, light biscuit finish, and pungent hoppiness. A, a limp biscuit finish. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you get one yet? I did not. All right. Let's crack this. Yeah. I now have... So this works for a few reasons. Let's so, drink it first, and then I'll yeah, sure. I have a I have a all tangent right. cheers, to go cheers, on. Boys. Cheers, cheers. Ooh, that smells good already. Mm. Mm. <sighs> mm, that's good. That is Ooh, good. That's really good. Yeah. So tell us why this works on several levels. So Treebeard is a, and there's also a graphic of Treebeard who is an Ent from the Lord of the Rings. I feel like I need to speak with a lisp when I 
talk about this. Um, <laughs> from from, from Lord of the Rings. And from Lord of the Rings. Ant, who is a, a large tree creature <laughs> that uh, picks up uh, Merry and Pippin uh, on their way to Isengard. Uh, I know who you're talking about. To destroy Saruman. <laughs> those, are, those are called Ents? Yeah, okay. E-N-T. Yeah. Oh, all right, okay. Yeah, they're a pretty pivotal uh, player in uh, the Two Towers films. of okay. the, And, of course, Elijah Wood is... In the trilogy, yeah. he's uh, played he a small something. part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. I think he was a grip, something. <laughs> <laughs> the best boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course he was Frodo Baggins in the uh, Lord of the Rings series. So Treebeard is the ent that Merry and Pippin ride to Isengard uh, to destroy Star- Saruman's stronghold. So that's this, him. so this fella on the can is actually that's Treebeard. That's Treebeard. Gandalf uh, referred to him as a quote. Uh, the oldest living thing that still walks beneath the sun upon this Middle Earth. Mm, that's beautiful. Oh. Um, I wonder what kind of. Do you think you would have to? Because it's it's his actual name and it's his likeness. Do you think you would right. have to get some sort of uh, probably licensing we permission just, um, to be able to make this? Can? Harbor Brewing Company will now be out of business after this episode <laughs> once the. Uh... So get it while you can. <laughs> yeah, Peter Jack- Peter Jackson's an avid listener, so yeah, he, he's a big fan. I'm actually. I'm, uh, this is going down quick. This is like a yeah. nice session IPA. It is it's it's really decent. good. What what ABV is this? It's not crazy. Um, I think it's six something. I lost the box again. Did I throw it over there? Yeah, it. <laughs> what yes. is it? You just hate this box. It is six point zero ABV. Hey, so um, before we move on to the bleed feed, uh, we all watched another movie this week. That let's let's just because we can let's just talk about it for a few let's minutes because yeah. all three of us watched it. We might as well, otherwise we're not going to, nobody else is ever going to know that we watched it. So, And also, I have to bring up, so I rented this movie uh, for $7. It was pretty, It's you know, it's pretty pricey for a, a, a movie that you're renting on Prime, but it's because it's currently still in theaters. And uh, I thought, well, it's $7, I should get my money's worth and let my boys here uh, yeah. log into my, my deal and watch the movie as well. Just kidding. We all we all rented it on our individual <laughs> accounts. We did not share because. Oh yeah, did I? Oh yeah. That's yeah. uh. Well, hey, no. It's like I invited you guys over to watch it with me. That's yeah, yeah. exactly. And but, then uh, since it was on your Amazon account, I got a lot of porn on there. Yeah. 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 Well, that's yeah. I, I actually perused your collection. Can you, you get you... porn on Amazon? No. Okay. No. No. Right. And I don't watch porn. You're just so. jerking <laughs> Damn it, Jan's been poop. <laughs> Jan's got Jan's Jan's got got poop. Uh, So this movie is called The Headhunter from 2018, Um, and uh, I got I have to bring this up real quick. So I I told all of you guys about it, and I was like, "Hey, boys, you know what? Free movie. Log in, watch it. It's only 71 minutes long. It's a it's a good quick watch. It's really it's it's a cool movie. It's a very cool movie. And uh, I went over to see Young Michael last night, of course. (laughs) It was my first time seeing his new uh, new nose, new vagina. Sorry, his, nose. His, <laughs> and uh, and I and I said, so did you end up watching it? And he's like, no, I didn't watch it. And I knew that he wouldn't because if there's one thing that I know about Mike Heckman, I'm gonna dox him right now. I should tell everybody his his address so that they can go and break his new nose. He looks like <laughs> he looks exactly like uh, Elijah Wood. He lives at. No, <laughs> he looks like Elijah Wood, and he's also an asshole. Because every time I want to use a specific beer, specifically Hoptronics on this show, which I think we ended up using it eventually. Yep. Uh, and every time I tell him to watch a particular movie, 
he will not do it on the principle of bringing me any kind of joy. Oh. Like he will, he do, he doesn't want me to feel the satisfaction of having a, a friend of mine enjoy a movie that I watch because he's the worst. So let me let me if I may speculate here, is he the guy that uh, he wants to to introduce you to cool shit? But he will not be introduced cool shit. I feel like that's our dynamic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend like that. Because very... With movies and music. Do you? Isn't yeah. it frustrating? Yeah, it's annoying. Because he's my best friend. I hate him, but he's also my best friend. Because, <laughs> I, because I have better taste in movies than he does. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. I do. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, that's why when we were talking about what to do for this episode before last week, I was like, why don't we pick two movies that you've been trying to get him to watch for so long... <laughs> And just do those, and he either watches them or he's... He still wouldn't. I guarantee it. No. I guarantee it. <laughs> and so I asked him last night, I was like, did you watch it? Like, we all watched it. Did you watch it? We're excited to talk about it. He's like, no, man. He's like, no, I didn't have time. I, I was go, busy I go, doing absolutely you're, nothing. You're man. literally sitting at home recovering from surgery, doing nothing. You've called me for the past three days in a row because you're so bored. Watch the fucking movie, Mike. You never called. Watch me. it, and then he. Well, don't feel bad. We have a, we have a special bond. That's the only reason I can bitch about him like this on a show that I know he's going to listen to. It's <laughs> the only way you can reach him. <laughs> and uh, and he didn't watch it. He's like, no, I just I had other stuff I wanted to watch. I'm like, yo, you son of a bitch. So anyway, this is the Headhunter from 2018. I loved this movie. I thought it was so cool. It was so good. Yeah, it was really uh, good. Like it had a it had a microscopic budget. It was thirty thousand dollars, which I mean to to a bunch of nobodies like us, thirty thousand dollars sounds like like yeah, I'd take thirty thousand dollars. But as far as making a movie goes, that's that's a that's like a that's, that's a nothing. tiny little budget. And Do you want me to hit you with a summary? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, Go for it. It's a quick to the point one. Yeah. A medieval warrior's gruesome collection of heads is missing only one. The monster that killed his daughter years ago. I sent you the trailer for this movie knowing that you'd be on board right away. Oh, because uh, Tank here, if you've listened to other episodes that he's been on, he's he's uh, he's dabbled in the, the D&D and uh, other fantasy role-playing games and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. And when I saw this, I was like, that's, yeah, that, it, that's what this is marketed that's the kind of crowd this is marketed toward. For sure. He's, um, if he were a D&D character, if you want to do that, he'd be a barbarian, I, I would say. I feel, the like, wheels nice. I feel like I can trust you sword. on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I saw it. My immediate thought was, because uh, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for a good mask in a movie. Mm-hmm. Love good masks. And this is one of the best. And I was yeah. like, and then I started looking at the pictures of it a little more closely. I was like, that's leather. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then I started to get, you know, like tingle, tingling through my body. You yeah. got those and, butterflies. Uh, and then I looked at his full <laughs> armor get up and I was like, that's all leather. And you went like, yes. full wood then. I did go full wood. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up the, uh, the, um, the company that did the leather work for, it's just a small, small, uh, small leather company called Patina Leather. Mm-hmm. But they do amazing, amazing armor work. It's uh, oh, dude, so cool! Like yeah, I, I immediately wanted to like go and start learning how to. I just recently made my first helmet and mask and goggles, which is dope. Thank you. It looked so cool. Man. I made it. I made it based off of templates that I bought from a dude in Romania. So I can't really take credit for the design, but it was very fun to make. Yeah, but like, that. if I could learn how to design shit like this, I would never leave my basement. Dude, yeah. <laughs> and Renaissance Festival. 
Yeah, yeah. Like make some cool bracers yeah. and spats and uh, yeah, cool helmets and stuff. You can even go there stuff. and uh, sell stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's so, obvious it's that... A, anyway, yeah, let's talk about this movie here. But it's obvious as you're watching, the, watching it, when you have that in mind, that they put all of the money into the important things. Like, there was no CGI, mm-hmm. or at least if there was, there was a very minimal amount. Very small like, amount, yeah. Yeah, I, I personally didn't it, notice any, but... The, it was, the one, the one, the little bit that I noticed was, like, uh, like certain things that just kind of added to the effect of the scene. Like, every once in a while, his, his breath would come out, mm-hmm. and you could tell uh, sometimes that that was CGI, but it didn't take away from the scene, really. It just it more added to it, because, like, you yeah. could just... Is like living in this cold kind of desolate place. You know what yeah. I mean. And and all all of the money besides that went towards like <clears throat> the set. It went towards the costumes. And honestly, I bet a good portion of it went towards the actor because there is very little dialogue in this movie, mm-hmm. and he just ran with it. It was an excellent, excellent, excellently acted out movie. Yeah, and. I appreciated that. He literally, aside from his uh, daughter, who's who doesn't have a speaking role and isn't in too much of the movie, he's the only character that yeah. you really ever see in the movie, aside from an archer that you see from two hundred yards away. He's not he's, even credited. Well, maybe he is. The maybe archer. The, the archer was. Well, I was. I I, uh, I posted in our our uh, our group that we're part of. Which, if you're not part of this group on. Uh, on Facebook yet, you should join. It's called Do You Love Horror? It was okay. started by uh, Alex from the um, Beyond the Void podcast. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I, I, post, I posted on that and said, like, oh, I just watched this. Did anybody else see this? I really liked it. And uh, John Hale, one of the guys on there, John Hale, who's also a, um, a director, he, he said um, the entire crew of this movie was four people. Wow. So the, the, the archer that you see is actually the only guy on the set that day who wasn't running the camera or in front of the camera. Wow. So wow. <laughs> like they're like, well, you got you have to go pretend like you just shot a bow and arrow because you're the only guy here. On IMDB, he's not even credited. Oh, he's a, not? No. <laughs> it's just it's, it's literally it's, father and daughter. Fa- uh, father played by I want to say Christopher Rigg. Rigg, I guess. Or Rigg. Uh, I think he is I think he's Norwegian. He's jacked. Oh yeah, oh. dude. This is like when you think of a Viking. This is the guy that you. This is yeah. this is the guy. He he grows um, a, a beard like a proper, like Norse person. Yeah, Somebody yeah. from Scandinavia. He grows the perfect beard. And when he screams, he sounds like, you know, like that's the like. There's a few there's a few parts in the, especially toward the end of the movie where he, uh, he's chasing down the the head. Mm-hmm. And he screams, "Don't touch her!" And it's like, "Oh, you sounded like a yeah. beast when you said that." It was so cool. <laughs> but yeah, he's the, all man. The gist he of, is all man. That's a, the, yeah, the he, proper way to put it. He, I, I watched him. I was like, "There, there is no way, no way I could reach half the level of masculinity that this guy has." <laughs> no, I went no. to his Instagram and I was just like, "I like, there's, I, I just give up on everything." He's just like, he's beef jerky and doing deadlifts. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 did you go to his Instagram no, or something? Because that's exactly what it is. It's like him, I knew it. It's him lifting weights and uh, and just like 
having a giant beard and long hair and looking like a Viking all the time right. and uh, and just loving the fact that he might be the coolest man alive. I can't <laughs> so. handle these unreasonable beauty standards. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't I don't want to get too much into it because I actually want people to go out and watch this yeah, movie and it's because new, it's you know? a low budget yeah. new movie. Like it needs the support. So whether you want to pay the seven dollars to go out and watch it immediately right now while it's still in theaters or whether you know wait until it's out of theaters and then i'm sure the rental price will go down like four bucks uh but watch this movie yes. yeah it was very very cool it's, it's very watch. good the only things that the only thing that i would recommend knowing in order to maximize your experience most of the fighting most of the kills happen off screen right it, because like that's not really what the story is about the story is more about like how him going through this revenge for his daughter so he's hunting down this monster at risk of sounding like kind of an asshole uh because only assholes say things like this sort of a character study of this guy yeah it it is because he's the only guy like the daughter all she does is sleep and be dead (laughs) <laughs> spoilers! Oh. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. It's it says that. In oh, the, does it actually it say that? Oh, yeah, it, it, it does. Says, okay, yeah. He, he wants to avenge his daughter's death. Yeah. Okay. So th- you so, find out about that within the first like five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. so the only thing I recommend knowing, like, go into it knowing that most of the action happens off screen, and it's about. And that's really the one thing that helped me because I know that when you post about it, you said that's not quite what you expected. Right. But I had read just I had read that and it led me to I it, it was exactly what I expected. Like mm-hmm. the the end sequ- the second half where he was battling this monster was not quite what I expected, but at the same time it was amazing because yeah. it just was this very personal very intimate struggle Definitely. with this weird ass monster that yeah. i loved everything yeah. about it very cool and it led and the, to, and the ending will will get you oh, watch out for the ending so. yes that it, it everything <clears throat> about this movie right now there's only five reviews on rotten tomatoes 100 percent. yeah it's 100 percent. and it <laughs> earned yeah it. don't pay attention to the 5.1 on imdb because people People most generally don't know. What yeah, talking about. The, the critics, the critics, the critics, critic score is one hundred percent. The audience score is much lower. But you know what? Horror fans suck. <laughs> Nobody so. hates horror more than horror fans, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So sorry, that was a huge digression, but we just kind of wanted to talk about this movie because we were excited about it, and uh, and because we're doing pretty good on time. So anyway, to bring it back, we're talking about Elijah Wood movies tonight, and we're drinking. Tree beard. So that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. So this week in the news, we uh, we do have one death. Uh, John Singleton, uh, who. Uh, it's not yeah. a it, not a not a genre director, but still one of the one of the most well known directors uh, in Hollywood, and yeah, especially uh, among African American film directors. Yeah, yes. Um, he's he's uh, if you don't know, he's a director of movies like uh, Boys in the Hood, um, uh, Shaft, Baby Boy. Uh, he directed Too Fast, Too Furious, which is one of Mike's favorite movies in the entire world. Uh, Four Brothers. Um, yeah, just, um, a lot of, a lot of really big, 
big movies. And uh, he died uh, yesterday, I believe, at the age of 51. Did you yep. did you see a cause of death? I I did not see a, a cause of death. I I think it was a uh, I think he had a stroke. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. Because I was watching an expose on the news uh, last night about uh, the like the the risk of stroke for African American males is like astronomically high yeah. in comparison to to white males. And I think uh, I think heart disease too, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I yeah. think. I'll find so it, maybe it was a. It might have been because I. I think you can have strokes in relation to uh, complications with heart disease, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, man, that's a that's a big loss, and especially like I said, at such a young age. I mean, fifty one. I still consider a young man, so it's uh, that's pretty tragic. But yeah. um, so rest in peace to John Singleton. Yeah, and uh, I think it's about time that I forgive him for killing off my favorite character in Beverly, Hill, Beverly Hills Cop 3. <laughs> I forgive you, John. <laughs> but uh, uh, besides that, it's been a relatively light week as far as announcements go in the news. There's been a lot of information released about uh, previously announced movies, TV shows, video games, and stuff like that. But the thing that I'm most excited about, because uh, off air at least, I've talked about this a lot, and I'm trying so hard to get any of you other guys to watch with me. You even have my... (laughs) You don't have my information, Wink. Uh, (laughs) But Twilight Zone uh, has been renewed for a second season. Mm. As we... All know at this point, probably, the Twilight Zone has been rebooted by Jordan Peele as one of the executive producers, and uh, it's gotten a lot of mixed reviews amongst horror fans, of course. Of course, yeah. But uh, generally, among critics, it's gotten very favorable reviews. I think it has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes among critics. I kind of I kind of wonder, uh, uh, with Jordan Peele being connected to it and him being like like one of the biggest directors right now um i i wonder if there was even a possibility of it not being renewed for a second season regardless of reviews right you yeah know? It, i would say no because his name is really what drew in a lot of people not sure. only not only with him being the executive producer but with him being the narrator and him doing such a good job does he like the, the when i first i started with the second episode the nightmare at thirty thousand feet mm-hmm. uh just because it's a throwback to the classic episode nightmare at twenty thousand feet with yep. uh william shatner and who plays the lead in that one uh, uh, the guy who plays Ben on Parks and Rec. Oh, Ad, uh, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Yeah. Yes, and he does. It's it's such a good episode. But when it finally got to the part where it showed him as a narrator, like I got shivers. It was <laughs> it was so well done. The music, the sound design, it just set this very good tone. I loved it. And uh, because of that, it because of his name being attached to it, it got such a huge response and so many subscribes uh one of somebody at cbs all access actually can be quoted saying jordan peele and simon kinberg's reimagining of the twilight zone is off to an amazing start on cbs all access driving the most viewers on its premiere day for an original series to date julie mcnamara mcnamara Mc, nah, <laughs> Mc, executive McNamara. vice mcnamara thank you bad at names as mike is this is ridiculous <laughs> we're filling that quota it's okay uh, executive vice president of original content at cvs all access said jordan simon the creative team 
or Jordan, Simon, and the creative team and cast have done a phenomenal job translating the series' legacy of socially conscious storytelling for modern-day audiences. Nice. They are modern storytellers, and we look forward to bringing fans further into the Twilight Zone with the second season. Cool. And just with how well I feel that they're doing with this first season, they're going to get a lot of the feedback from this first season, and I think they're just going to continue continue to evolve mm-hmm. because we've all seen uh, TV shows that have multiple season, seasons and really seen that at one point they find their rhythm and they stick with it and they run with it. And I think given more time, the show is just going to get better and it's already off to a great start. Well, and that's why that's why TV shows that uh, do get canceled before a second season, it kind of sucks for them because yeah. it's, it, it is almost unrealistic to expect a TV show to hit its stride in the first season. I agree. Uh, it, like, go, go, go back and look at some of your favorite shows like the the first seasons even though they're great and you love them there's a lot of shows that don't really become what they are until a couple seasons in it's so hard it's it's got to be i mean first off to get a one season of of a show picked up yeah. you know you you make that pilot episode and you hope that you know the people you're pitching it to believe in and can see what you're doing and, right. and they want to they want to get behind it it's i mean that's nearly impossible yeah. then yeah. you have to come up with if you're a hit, you have to come up with, you know, six, seven, eight se- more seasons that you, you may not have even been thinking that far. You know, you be like, I don't fucking know in ni- season nine what we're going to do. I guess we'll think up some bullshit and uh, roll with it. I mean, honestly, that's, yeah. that's how it works, unfortunately. And last year, that, that was the, uh, well, it, admittedly, I haven't even started this show yet, but that's what a lot of people said the genius of Breaking Bad was. Uh they specifically had in mind five seasons, right? Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't realize. Like, didn't that. they? They basically wrote the entire story before they even shot episode one. Yep. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. And honestly, I know this is a very unpopular opinion. I don't know, but that's kind of the beauty of the the fact that all these network, uh, these network cable companies are starting to. Uh, that's the beauty of the fact that they're all getting their own on-demand services, which it, there's such an oversaturation in on-demand services right now. But the fact that they can have their own service where there is such a low risk of of bringing in these extra shows, and then now they don't have to worry about finding finding like slots for them. Yeah. They like they can put so much more content it's, out there. It's, it's the Netflix formula. Yeah. Because look at yeah. how much like once they started with original content, it was they just were shitting it out. So yeah. think, there's think such of, bad content. Well, and it, it, like, <laughs> like if you look up a list of, of, of shows that have come like you'd be surprised when you look up a list of shows that have already come and gone on Netflix. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff. And like you said, it's it's genius because they don't there's no time slots that they have to fill. There's no prime time. There's no, there's none of that. It's just yeah. you throw it up there, and if people watch it, they watch it, and it, you know the, it all kind of works itself out. Yeah, and if you have good data analysts creating accurate forecasts for how much money th- to bring in, yeah, then you can plan very well. You don't have to be like, well, I hope people show up and watch the ads. No, it's like, okay, let's crunch the numbers. Let's let's speculate on how much you bring in and let's budget accordingly. In worst case scenario, it doesn't do as well, but you're still getting money from your other shows. Right. Yeah. 
So I I love the format. Like I don't I don't mind paying an extra six dollars for a couple months just so I can watch Star Trek and Twilight Zone and then like cancel it because that's the beauty of on demand services. Yeah. You can cancel them. Yeah, for and sure. And still pay less for two full seasons of TV than you would on a DVD. Yeah, that's a good point. I yeah. I don't do that because I I just like once I start paying for something I keep paying for it because I'm stupid. But that's a that's a good point. Like you. If there's a show you want to watch and you want to binge it, you just pay the pay the $10 for the month, binge the show, and then cancel your subscription. Yeah, I, I'm almost curious what the numbers that HBO are going to look at with their such their super short uh, Game of Thrones season. Yeah. Because I waited two weeks, so I'd only have to pay for one month and, to watch Game of Thrones. I wonder how what that graph's going to look like. Well, you see, there's this bump <laughs> here, and then there's this dip here. We don't know why. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm taking just, advantage of it, like uh, Game uh, of Thrones. You are? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've watched... Uh, season one of true detective again oh cool it's just if you haven't, haven't i actually i that's i'm that's one i want to get into yeah. i have free, i have free Highly. hbo through uh at&t like the new contract that i oh, signed nice. i got free hbo go so i highly recommend it um yeah. season one season two is dog shit I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel bad about saying that because that's the reality and anyone who says it's good is wrong <laughs> And they're dumb, <laughs> and they're stupid people. I'm sorry. No, I'm just, I, it's just it. That's a prime example of what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the, the whoever wrote season one, they had all of these great ideas. Like, if I get a show, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm. It's going to be rich. It's gonna. I have great actors in it. I mean, and, the cast. And is then unbelievable. they. And then they blew their wad on season one. Well, they. Did, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they did the. They. They're doing this new trope for for tv shows that i don't i don't particularly like where they scrap um the characters and they just start with an entire new plot in characters for the second season yeah and the third is the same way like i can get into that with uh with certain show like uh american horror story but they also they scrap all the characters but they'll bring back a lot of the same actors That's to play cool. different characters yeah. i kind of like that you know what i mean yeah they did not execute on yeah. on true detective yeah. vince vaughn was the villain and just <laughs> so true true detect, detective is a seasonal like it uh anthology yeah um i think there's it's only eight episodes i think eight eight to eight or ten I, i'm pretty sure it's eight uh, but the first season is excellent the second season sucks i've heard good things about the third season um i haven't i haven't, I haven't watched it yet but uh anyway all right. So, this is this is the one bad thing about Mike not being here is the 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 news does not roll along very nicely. Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily there isn't uh, too much more to talk about. Yeah. Uh, our next our next story is about uh, Ari Aster Ari Aster's follow up to his. Uh, movie of last year hereditary yeah which if you're a horror fan you've probably heard of it if you're not a horror fan you've still probably heard of it i loved hereditary oh hereditary was so good like honestly i had to watch it twice the first time i watched it was like uh, but it, it was one of those movies where if you go back and rewatch it it's, it's there's so much stuff hidden in the background of that movie and like so much stuff going on that you don't really catch the first time around yeah, uh, but man, what yeah. a cool it, movie! It was so, a very Edgar um, Allan Poe esque movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for Midsummer. Yeah, Midsummer. Because I, you know, like, like you gotta if you're Hereditary was so good. I'm really excited to see what he does to follow that up. You know. Yeah. So uh, 
Midsummer, uh, Midsummer is one of the, it's it the ad campaign it, for it has been very interesting. Where he actually started off with a trailer, mm-hmm. which is very unique amongst uh, really any movie. But uh, uh, he and now more information has come out. It's more of a trickle of information. But since it's such a big name and follow up su- to such a big movie, I thought it'd be worth talking about. But uh, recent. Recent discussions with uh, Ari Aster have come out that he compares it both to The Wicker Man and Alice in Wonderland. I was going to say, I get a I get a major Wicker Man vibe from it. I yeah. think a lot of people have uh, expressed that same thing. Psychedel- psychedelic fairy tale is, is one of the descriptors. Yes, a psychedelic fairy tale. So uh, this movie looks very interesting for a horror movie where most horror movies that we watch, they're very dark. The colors are desaturated. They just look kind of gritty. Whereas this one, you look at the you you look at all the imagery, the trailers, the posters, and it just it has this very classic uh, Scandinavian folk mm-hmm. color to it, like all these rolling meadows full of flowers and all that. Yeah, and I'm personally very excited for it. And uh, the. the Comparing it to The Wicker Man in Alice in Wonderland, I'm very interested to see like what it's like because the trailer, it's obvious from the movie. It's like okay, these people are at this interesting like yearly festival, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, uh, what's it called, the uh, Solstice Festival. Oh yeah, summer yeah. solstice, and <clears throat> then it turns into like oh, we tripped upon a cult here, and <laughs> I'm. As you as you read what he talks about, he talks about how it's a very unique film where he says that it's about a hundred miles away or a million miles away. Sorry, it is not a million miles away from Alice in Wonderland, but it is also not a million miles away from something like a field in England. And when I hear something like that, it's like. It's an interesting way of yeah. describing that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very broad range. So I'm I'm personally excited about it. There hasn't been too much information released since then, but there's new images in uh, the further description that it is going. It's going to be like a psychedelic fairy tale. I'm very interested in how this is going to translate into a horror movie, mm-hmm. and I. It's a horror movie, so I'm going to watch it in theaters <laughs> just because that's the type of thing that I spend my money on. Uh, next story is Dying Light 2. Uh, this is actually a, vi- a video game announcement where the developers have announced that they're going to show footage of it at E3. And since Mike likes video games, I would like to think that he has played Dying Light 1, but I'm not sure. But Dying Light is this uh, is like a parkour zombie game where you're in a city, at least in the first one, you're in a city called Tehran, which is in the Middle East. Did you say a parkour zombie game? Yes. Wow. I didn't know that, and I'm intrigued by it now. Yes. Because <laughs> I, I like parkour. I wish I could do it. Yeah. It, and uh, I'm not so sick of zombies that I won't play a parkour zombie game. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, the crazy thing is, before I played it, I... I am properly sick of zombies. Like everybody's telling me, telling me, watch a train to Busan, and uh, Busan, 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 Busan. No, my eyes are getting wide because I'm. Uh, that's my signal to, to, uh, to, to let you know that you should probably tread lightly. Uh-oh. Ch- choose your choose your words wisely here. 
I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Because I'm. So, <laughs> I thought you were gonna talk shit about it. It's no, so good. No, I. In that everybody keeps telling me, but Dude. I have such zombie fatigue, which no. is crazy because no, you guys. That, that you guys will, did an episode on it. Yeah, yeah. that that will uh, that will that will re enliven your your uh, your your spirit. Is it animated? Okay. Uh, no, um, Soul Station was the sequel, and that was animated. Oh, okay. okay. But Train to Busan, man, one of the best zombie movies I've nice. seen in recent years. It was I'll so good. But uh, I'll have to go watch it now because, like, you're making me interested. And the crazy thing is, and you guys talk shit about this so often on the TV show, I love The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I don't know how I can love The Boom. Walking Dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just kidding. It is quality, okay television, okay? <laughs> and the fact that I love that so much, and yet I'm avoiding all these zombie movies, I'll have to watch Train the Busan because, like, I've I've become I've become uh, more intrigued with with uh, the Walking Dead ever since they introduced the uh, what are they called the, the whispers. whispers like just hearing about them it's like that's a very that's a very compelling story like yeah. I think it's and, and I knew that they, I know that they showed up in the graphic novels and even like from the little bit that I heard about the graphic novels I've never read them uh, those characters sound like something I'd like to watch. Yeah. Especially with Ryan. Ryan Hurst is one of the main whispers, isn't he? Beta. Beta, yeah. Yes. Oh, man. I loved him in Sons of Anarchy. I mean, everybody did, right? He was awesome in Sons of Anarchy. He was awesome in Bates Motel. He's probably going to be the... He's going to be the reason why I like this season because I waited a little bit too long because I was going to like, I'm going to binge this Mm -hmm. and now I don't have access to the first (laughs) half. So I kind of screwed myself a little bit there. But uh, yeah, Dying Light uh, has been... that they're going to show footage of it at E3, and I, I'm I'm very excited about it because it's the one game that really got me over my video game, especially zombie uh, fatigue. And then, uh, lastly, uh, ah, so that's your last story. You're coming up on your last story. Yes. What's new on Blue? <laughs> oh. You don't know the format. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't care. All right. So, okay. Arrow Video has announced the release of 1993's The Chill Factor, or uh, if you're familiar with the VHS release, it was called Demon Possessed. Oh, yeah. Um, essentially, this, is, this has been described as the exorcist meets the Winter Olympics in this tale of demonic possession and snowbound slashing from director Christopher Webster, producer of Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2. So uh, why the hell not, right? Um, this is going to be released in the UK on July fifteenth. <laughs> I still have to when I see the when I see I, I wrote these down as seven fifteen and seven sixteen. I still don't have like I have to count it on my fingers oh. because I'm a, a simpleton. Uh, so <laughs> July fifteenth in the UK and the US on July sixteenth. Um, Critters attack. Yeah, anybody? Critters attack. Sure. The first new installment in the franchise in 30 years hits shelves on July 30th, courtesy of Warner Brothers, Home Entertainment on Blu-ray Combo Pack, DVD, and digital. Uh, D. Wallace, who starred in the original Critters as Helen Brown, will be returning as the mysterious Aunt D. And the story revolves around a young babysitter who encounters the bloodthirsty aliens while taking a hike with the children. Uh, the release is absolutely loaded down with special features, including three featurettes, 
and scene-specific commentary with director Bobby Miller and a critter. <laughs> so he's going to be doing the commentary with one of the critters, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, are you guys excited for the upcoming Godzilla King of the Monsters? Shit, yeah. It looks so good, right? It looks legit. Well, in preparation for that, Mill Creek Entertainment has announced a Blu-ray release of the original Mothra from 1961. Uh, this release marks the very first time Mothra will hit Blu-ray in North America. Uh, this Blu-ray special edition includes both the U.S. Uh, what? Oh God, my voice to text thing was so bad here. The the U.S. cut as well as the original <laughs> extended Japanese version of the film, encapsulated. Mike, Michael, are you listening? Encapsulated in stunning steelbook packaging. <laughs> <laughs> Mothra hits shelves in North America on July 9th. Uh, Jordan Peele's box office hit. Uh, us will be on digital on June 4th and 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray DVD and on demand on June 18th. Uh, hold on, I just lost my spot. I lost my spot. Lost my spot. I'm terrible at this. Not very good at finding the spot, are yeah, you? Yeah, no. I can never find that spot. You know, the, you, know, you know the one, right? Yeah. It's to yeah. the left. Some, I don't know. <laughs> um, I can't either. So this, uh, this is this is this is loaded down with extras. I don't usually talk about the extras, but because this is such a huge movie, and because we all like Jordan Peele so much, I figured okay. I would kind of run through them. Who's that? Uh, what? Who? Jordan who? Jordan Peele. Apple Peele. Yeah, that's the no. Bana banana peel. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not even a funny joke. What's wrong with those? Um, so exclusive, uh, exclusive bonus features on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and digital are uh, scene explorations of three iconic scenes from the film, including uh, uh, Tyler House Massacre, Jane's Abduction, and Adelaide's Underground Flashback. And then bonus features on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray, DVD, and digital are... Uh, the Duality of Us, which is uh, Jordan Peele actually goes in depth about the key themes and excuse me, key themes and imagery in Us, including the doppelgangers, Hands Across America, the Nutcracker dance scene, Rabbits, and the infamous 11-11 coincidence, hmm. which I think is pretty cool. I, I, I think it's cool and I think it's not at the same time because I feel like Us is one of those movies that could be... I have not Com seen it. I, I haven't either, but oh, okay. like just just based on based on Get Out, I haven't seen uh, like a Blu-ray edition of Get Out, um, so I don't know what kind of special features are on there. So I don't know what he discusses, like how in depth he goes about uh, goes into the themes. But Get Out was one of those movies that made people talk for hours. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like about the meaning, about what was really going on, about the uh, you know like uh, the the symbolism. The symbology. Um, <laughs> so I, I think this is cool, and it's not cool at the same time, because I feel like I feel like there's so much to take away. Like, even from the trailer, people were going nuts over the trailer and analyzing every little piece of the trailer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really cool. I love when those types of discussions are sparked. So I think it's I think it's pretty sweet that he's going into all of these things and kind of explaining what he meant by all of it. But at the same time, it kind of takes away that whole... It takes away the 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 desire to really discuss the film yeah. at length. You know what so, I mean. So when it comes to us, which uh, we were talking about it a little bit before the show, like I I love Jordan Peele. I love his directing style. I love uh, the way he directs the audio. I, it just the entire package. I really enjoy it. 
And uh, the way he approached us, he wanted to create a monster in a universe, mm-hmm. like not something like the Dark Universe or the MCU universe, and or MCU universe universe. Um, <laughs> That's redundant. <laughs> and but so when you watch us, there's a lot of things that aren't quite answered that you can sit there and you can speculate and you can discuss it. Mm-hmm. And I, I enjoy that aspect because the first half of the movie, uh, or I'm not even going to say that. I don't want to spoil anything, but when you leave that you have a lot of questions, but then you realize that, that he created this with a bigger picture in mind. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Cause it's like, okay, we don't have all the information, but as he releases more and more stuff in this universe or even licenses it out, you're going to learn more. There's, there's extra lore. There's uh, mythology behind it. And he already said it. Like he, he wrote backstories to all the stuff. Right. And my, I'm, I love that. It, I like you said, it's a bittersweet thing because if he, when he releases that, I'm gonna be, I I'm gonna pre-order it. In spite of the fact that I think the movie is personally overrated, like the excitement behind it signed a check that it couldn't cash. <laughs> I still loved it, and I'm still gonna pre-order it, and I'm still gonna watch the extras and eat all of it up. But it's gonna remove some of the mystery that really has me still thinking about the movie and excited about future and, movies. And that's what I'm saying. Like it, removing that mystery, it kind of like. It's like it's like when you're having a conversation with somebody and you stumble across a fact that neither one of you knows and then one of you immediately picks up your phone to look it up. Like don't pick up your phone, like just yeah. just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you don't know maybe you don't know dick about any of the stuff you're talking about. Just uh just just discuss and kind of break it down yourself, you know what I mean? Even yeah. if you're completely wrong, at least you're coming to your own conclusions about things and then later on you can go back and learn you know, learn the learn the reality behind those. Things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like people have. I feel like people have uh, kind of lost the art of discussion mm-hmm. because it's so easy to find the answers. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel about this. I'm like, don't give me the answers. I I want to. I just want to mull it over. Yeah, and it, and come to my own conclusions, sort of. And. But I, at the I, same time, it's interesting to hear what's going yeah. through his mind when he's making yeah. these movies. And honestly, I do want those answers, but I want them given to me in a cinematic <clears throat> format. Like, if it's something that's big enough and ha- is in and is interesting enough to make further movies about it, do it. I want that content. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy it in the... Exp- like, I want the experience of sitting there and discovering it with the characters. Right. Yeah, um, I agree totally. There's a couple of movies I think of. I'm sorry to no go for stretch it. this out even longer, but uh, I think of uh, Pulp Fiction um, mm-hmm. of what is in the briefcase. That's always yes. oh yeah. <laughs> you never yeah. know, and I and I and I've always I've thought about it to a to a degree, and then one day I like really got curious about it, and I started googling it. I did just what you said, mm-hmm. and it doesn't ultimately matter. And even I think Quentin Tarantino said there really never was. A thing in the in the briefcase. It wasn't important to the story. Well, and just to just to speak on something that you just said. Yes, you did eventually Google it, but it was after years of pondering years. it, right? Years of pondering. Right. I'm like, hmm, maybe it's gold. Eh, I don't fucking know. Maybe it's something else. Maybe I heard somebody say it was like a soul, like somebody's right. soul or something. Who knows? Like that, yeah. yeah. Then there's that supernatural element. Maybe, right. you know? <laughs> you dummies, there's gold-colored lights in there. <laughs> <laughs> These are sweet lights. <laughs> but then the, the other mo- film I think about is um, uh, one that we already talked about. Um, 
Pan's Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. You know how it's you start to grapple with, come to terms with, is this, did this, did these things really happen? Or was it all just kind of in the young girl's imagination? Exactly. Like her way of coping with what was going on in the real world. And even Guillermo del Toro said, um, del Tormo? Del Toro. (laughs) Del Toro. (laughs) Del Toro said uh, that there really wasn't, it was just kind of open for interpretation. He didn't really think, he didn't really have a concrete idea of what, what people might think which is really cool about right he basically said what i what i like people want to know from him directly like what 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 was in your mind when you made this and he's like it doesn't matter yeah exactly what, it, what does it mean to you yeah what and what i like that? that i that like that kind really of cool stuff. yeah like mike and i have always said there was uh there was uh two specific movies that made us start this podcast and it's because it was two movies that made us discuss for like three hours afterward yeah because it was it was so confusing at first and then once you got into it and you started breaking things down you think you're moving toward the answer but who the hell knows if you actually are yeah you know exactly. what i mean but it creates that conversation. I even remember before this was podcast was even a thought in your apartment with Mike when we we went to a we went to like a laser tag. We played laser tag mm-hmm. someplace around here. I don't know. CJ Barrymore's. Yeah. And I remember being in your apartment and you were like, "Oh yeah, we just love horror movies. We talk about horror movies all the time. Mike and I, we just we t- we think about the concepts, what what was the meaning behind them, and this was before podcasts were like even a thing. Uh-huh. I think this was like two thousand eight. Yeah, it's crazy to think. <laughs> Which there were po- there were podcasts back then, but nobody knew what the hell yeah. it meant. And like, they still what, what people, people still don't, which is crazy to yeah. me. They're like, what's well, it like a radio show? What the fuck? Can I put that on my <laughs> iPod? <laughs> podcast? What anyway. are you talking about, Sonny? I digress. But... All right. Well, yeah, I I, I also digress because this is uh, this is getting out of hand, but that's okay. <laughs> Okay, it's good discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, just to round this out, the monsters within us, which is a uh, an examination of uh, um, uh, examine how the great cast were able to find their characters uh, tethered together, making us twice. Making a movie is hard. Making a movie is where the, all the main cast play dual roles. So talking about them both, uh, the the main cast having to play two roles, uh, redefining a genre is basically a, a feature at about uh, everybody. Everybody just jerking Jordan Peele off and talking about how amazing he is as a director. <laughs> becoming Red, which is uh, talking to the the actors about becoming uh, becoming the doppelgangers, and then uh, a bunch of deleted scenes. Um, last but not least, this is going on forever. The Tough Ones, directed by Giallo legend Umberto Lenzi, is headed to Blu-ray courtesy of Grindhouse Releasing with a new 4K restoration. This Deluxe Collector's Edition 3-disc set will drop on July 9th and is currently available for pre-order exclusively through Diabolic DVD. That's Diabolic with a K instead of a C. So head over there if you want to get a pre-order of that movie, which I'm not a big Giallo fan. I, this is actually, this is actually a, a, if I'm not mistaken, this this movie is more of a like an ultra-violent cop movie. Hmm. But it's from Umberto Lenzi, so... You know, it's worth worth noting. Anyway, that's all I got for blues. <laughs> and then, lastly, uh, just a quick announcement. Uh, as we we've talked a lot about the new Child's Play movie coming out uh, sometime this summer. I don't quite remember uh, from uh, Orion Studios, but Don Mancini is also releasing sometime soon a Child's Play TV show. Of course. And today, or sometime this week, it was announced that it will be coming in 2020. 
And this is exciting because Don Mancini is the original director from the original movies. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brad Dorif is coming back as Chucky. Mm -hmm. So, Hmm. and none of this is news. No. <laughs> None of this is new. The fact that it's coming in 2020 it is. Oh, okay. Yes. So, so it was just it was just to let us know that it's coming in 2020. Yeah, it's okay. coming next year. Isn't that exciting? It is very exciting. <laughs> I think we already knew that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do uh, let's do a quick check. Uh oh, yeah. That's old April 26th. Right. Oh yep. yeah. I completely failed. So, oh, you know boy. what to end my misery? Boom, that was the news. <laughs> no, 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 no. First we, first we have to uh, oh, boy. first we have to do So, J Rodge is outside working on his car right now. So, we're going to pass <laughs> we're going to pass the uh, we're going to pass the the fun fact of the day off to uh, Young Tank over here. I don't know why I keep calling everybody young today. <laughs> you say young Jamie? Young I, I, no, none of us have read it yet. So, Tanks, this okay. is the, we're gonna. What's our this stupid your, fact of this the day? Is your stupid fact of the day. Los Angeles' full name is El Pablo de Nuestra Sonora Larina del Angeles de Porincula, <laughs> and can be abbreviated to three point six three of its size, L.A. <laughs> Thank you, J. Rod. <laughs> what? All right. All right. Boom. That was the news. That's all you got. Come on. Okay. With you got to do it like Jay. All right. Or do it as like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I, I, I can't pull that one out of my backpack. All right. Boom. That was the news. Still kind of weak, man. But um, whatever. It's it's, ser- a, it's serviceable, yeah, I guess. He's he's got a bit more lung muscle than I do. Yeah, I, I can't do it. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going full wood. We're gonna talk about the Good Son <laughs> and Maniac. Full on wood. Throughout this dulcy, faces ripped apart with hooks. A man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. are back and uh we're gonna change things up a little bit i know usually we talk about things in order of uh of date release but uh we're gonna talk about maniac first from 2012 uh featuring elijah wood interesting we always call him elijah if you ever if you ever watch interviews with him he he calls himself elijah with a hard j Hmm. did you ever notice that that's how that's what i always called him you call him elijah yeah that's weird I I just thought it was a Wisconsin <laughs> thing. <laughs> Elijah. Elijah Elijah Wood. So uh, Elijah. This is a don't you know? This is a <laughs> don't, don't you know? We're gonna uh, go on the boat and then we're gonna talk about Elijah Wood. Elijah. This, this is of course a uh, a remake of the the classic '80s slasher maniac. Um, as he helps a young artist with her upcoming exhibition, the owner of a mannequin shop's deadly suppressed desires come to the surface. Uh, the most terrifying place in the world that you could ever live, by the way, a mannequin shop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that horrifying or what? It wasn't fun. He's just. <laughs> I don't like. I like. I, I'm not. Uh, you know, like if I'm walking through the mall, I'm not scared of mannequins per se. Per se. <laughs> but if I if I were in a dark, like dank room, just surrounded by mannequins, not into that. You ever seen the movie Tourist Trap? 
I have not. Tour, mm. Tourist Trap, maybe that's what did it for me. When I saw Tourist Trap and all the weird mannequins in that movie, that might that might be what kind of sent me over the edge. What if the mannequins had real hair and scalps on them, just stapled? Would that make it better? Yeah, I guess that's, that's a little more whimsical. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, it's like there's a person in there with you. <laughs> that's what really set them off being gross for me. <laughs> I was okay with the mannequins, but then the uh, the blood dripping down. It's a uh, it's a and good the, look though. The flies. I'm actually kind of surprised that there hasn't been any like a, like an art installation that has replicated this. Yeah, like the the blood dripping down from the dirty old like bloody scalp. And it would be deep, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would. It would mean something, something who's, that's over my head. But. Who's the mannequin, really? <laughs> <laughs> Does that even make sense? I'm pretty sure that's what the art installation in the movie was supposed to portray. Because yeah. she talks. That's true. Because uh, she projects her own face on him, right? Yeah, she. Yeah. Which, which is a very odd choice, and. Uh, but her arts and she talked throughout the movie, especially in the beginning, about how she and Elijah Wood, his character Frank, talked about this as well. How they both saw mannequins as having more personality and being more lifelike than a lot of humans. Uh-huh. Which, like, who are you friends with? Yeah, like, what, what are your friends like? There's something a little bit wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it's like when people are like, oh, I prefer dogs to humans. Like, okay, I like having real <laughs> real friends. But that's cool. <laughs> it's, it's not your fur baby. It's a fucking dog. So Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Elijah plays uh, Mark. Yeah. So it, this does. This movie doesn't bury the lead whatsoever. You you find out within the first. Frank. Oh. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong. I'm sorry. Well, uh, yeah. Elijah. Elijah. Plays Elijah Frank. plays Frank. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah. You you find out within the first. I'd say like 40 seconds of this movie that. Yeah. Uh, he crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it's he it's crazy. It's shot first person from his perspective, right? Who is the killer of the movie? Yeah, spoilers. Um, <laughs> always, always people die in the movie Maniac. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry to be the bearer of the bad news. You kind of <laughs> you kind of open up with him uh, just uh, breathing just heavy, breathing heavy, <laughs> which. One more similarity between him and Mike. Maybe not anymore. <laughs> right. maybe, maybe not anymore. But uh, he's he's a mouth breather, which is gross. Um, and he's uh, he's stalking his latest victim. Yeah. And the uh, drunk girl leaving a club. Yeah. I, I see you. You're so beautiful. It's yeah, gross it's, how he whispers yeah, to it them. It is super gross. Like she can't hear you. That's gross. Stop it's talking okay. to her. <laughs> you don't really I care know. about her beauty per se. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it, fucking weird. I, it, it starts off so strong. I love how he's sitting in his car. He's looking at her, and it's clear that they saw one another. She uh-huh. she sees that he's in the car looking at her, and he says, It's okay. I know where you live, Judy. See you later. And yeah. then he drives off. I'm like, oh, my gosh. that. It's funny. I said that same thing to my mom earlier. <laughs> it's okay. I know where you live, Judy. I'll see you later. <laughs> and then I and then I went and I saw her. <laughs> was it pleasant? It was. Yeah. Yeah. She made me pork tacos, and Aww. I and I didn't kill her. So that's love. And all and also she didn't get double teamed in front of me. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this this movie is uh it, so there's a uh, there's a juxtaposition between these two movies. I'm going to I'm going to uh go off here on on comparing the two movies. These are very much like uh one is a nature movie and one is a nurture movie. Because in The Good Son, 
its complete nature. Like the kid, there's no reason for him to be a psychotic killer. He just is. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, it's very much nurture, and it's because yeah. uh, Elijah had a very Frank had a very messed up childhood where basically his mom was. Uh, I don't. Was she, she was a, a prostitute. Was she a lady of the night? Or, I couldn't tell her. She just was or, very promiscuous and or sex very and, sex crazy sex addict or, of some kind. And uh, in the original, she was a prostitute. Okay, all right. So, um, and some parallels can be drawn between. So he's a, he's a, essentially a serial killer. Yeah, and his mother is a lady of the night, presumably. Uh, reminded me of when you guys did the episode recently of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. His yeah. mother was a prostitute and or had sex with men in front of him and made him dress up yeah yes yeah oh thank you for bringing that up actually because yeah. i was watching this movie earlier today and i was like what why does that because i i had that exact uh idea in my head like a, a, a mother making a son wear a dress yeah and then making him watch it's strange get banged by strange guys and uh it's it's not an Oedipus complex. I mean, that's completely different. This is a different type of, of. Uh... I mean, it's it's. I guess it's kind of once he's grown, it's edible in nature because uh, really, yeah, like really, he's he's fighting for the love of his mother, but yeah. she was always looking for love somewhere else. Like right, yeah, I guess yeah. Because he even he even says that at one point in time mm-hmm. to the uh, to the older lady that he's about to kill. Like um, yeah, you know, like why. Like, why were you with all these men? They didn't love you, not the way that I did. Right. Which that's that's kind of a it's kind of an Oedipus sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a jealousy, or or like feeling feeling like um, you're not as important. Right. And, and he wasn't. I mean, it was creepy. I yeah. Mean, they 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 constantly show f- uh, flashbacks of him when he's a child and his mother's uh, having sex with strangers, and she's telling him, "Go away, stop watching." Like and. But just, not really doing anything about it, like yeah. not stopping to like shoo him away. Yeah, that, if you it's more fuck up a kid, that's a good <laughs> yeah, that's way. a good way. That's a good start. So I'm saying this is this is more this is more in the uh, as far as nature and nurture goes. This is more in the nurture category For because sure. she obviously fucked him up pretty good. Yeah, and now uh, so now he's just looking for he's looking for that love, but also beauty. Like it has to be a particular. He's not going after uh, less than desirable women. He's right. going after pretty much. Well, I don't know. The tattooed chick was. <laughs> she was interesting. Rough. She was. Uh, I mean, if she wasn't all tatted up, she'd probably be. I don't know. She just looked kind of to me, kind of. You don't. Uh, you don't like tattoos on girls. I don't so know. Much? It, she. She seemed a little. And and her mannerisms was just kind of cheap. I thought. Yeah. I guess not the tattoos per se. I don't. I don't. I don't have a tattoo aversion, but no. I, <laughs> I, I just. I get, I get a lot about tank I, right now. I get where. <laughs> I get where you're coming from. Like in the, you know, it's a, a, like you don't you don't want to sound like a, a jerk these days when you're saying this kind of stuff. But who cares? Yeah. Well, she, uh, she, kind just, of... she just seemed like like less classy than yeah. the other girls yeah. that he was going after. And easy. Like she's just like, oh, oops, my clothes fell off. Yeah, like, exactly. I, oh, I thought I'd slip into something more comfortable, and then like immediately like put your put your weird bloody hands on my tits. Yeah. <laughs> Which the... did nobody notice that his oh. knuckles were constantly bleeding? Like why yes, did none yeah. of the girls notice I that? I, I noticed that right away. Is like <laughs> his hands like, look rough. She's yeah. like, your hands are so warm. I was like, because they're. 
they're probably lousy with infection. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. They're, they're right. hot because the blood is just rushing to them. Yeah, the way the way I saw it is she was just a girl that didn't have as much respect for herself. Right. Like uh, that's a good way to put it. It's it, she just didn't respect herself. The way she dressed, the way the way she acted, it's clear. Although that um, might be a controversial thing to say nowadays, because you know it, it's like, like owning your own sexuality is a. That's true. Like I'm a I'm a pretty traditional guy, so I don't really I like I, I but also I don't care what people do. Yeah, do your thing. I don't care. Yeah, and but I, like but I'm. I'm you know, I, I, to put it bluntly, easy easy chicks aren't really my thing. But <laughs> yeah. also, easy dudes aren't my thing. Like I think guys, I think guys that <laughs> you go like out to and, play a little harpy <laughs> to get. <laughs> I think guys that go out and like I, I'm not I'm not a double standard kind of person. I think yeah. guys that go out and like are promiscuous and sleep around. I think they're trashy too. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and I'm not like the high five the dude and put down the girl kind of guy. I think you're all pieces of shit <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. and, and honestly when you watch the character it it i don't feel like the uh, in the context of the character i don't feel like that was necessarily an inaccurate thing to say because just the way she carried herself it's clear that she was looking for something outside of herself because she didn't respect herself well they they met on essentially what was a uh i guess kind of a early well it was a dating site essentially yeah. but it was kind of Sort of Tinderish, yeah. Where okay it was Cupid. more, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I it was is OK Cupid like a? I don't really know too much about the. Um, I used it shortly before I met my wife, but but it was OK Cupid was really more about finding a a, a real partner, right? It yeah, wasn't it wasn't about yeah. like Tinder's. As far as Hooking I know, like, I know a few people who have been on Tinder, including the Buzzkill podcast, for a short period of time, even though we never had any matches. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. like, I knew, like, the people who I did know on Tinder, they just went out to get laid. Yeah, and I think that's, it seemed like it was, a like, a chat between Frank and, I forget his, her uh, name. What was it, Red Red Lucy 88? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. He always named her by her, uh, or referred to her as her handle. Yeah. But it was just kind of like a chat-based, uh, instant messenger sort of deal. But their whole interaction was very transactional, you know. Yeah. Her, her transaction was, I'm, I may get sex out of this, or maybe a boyfriend, perhaps. <laughs> and his was, I'm going to kill you and scalp you. <laughs> um, different transactions, but uh, so it's sort of a like a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you will get laid, but then I will get my scalp. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Except for he didn't really pay up. No. He didn't pay up. He did no. not. He, he looked at himself in the mirror. What was the... so? Which was cool. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. yeah. No, that that was cool. I love the way they... I love the way they did that. Like, where... It is first person, but then they would take you out of it by... Showing, showing and... his reflection. But then there were also a couple of points in time where... It went from first person to third person. Yeah, without Jack. a mirror. Like, there was the one point where he was uh, stabbing the... Um, what do you call those girls that do the silks? Oh, I don't, the, I don't know. The aerial silk dancer. A- aerial silk dancer. Thank you. Uh, um, <laughs> like he was stabbing her and all of a sudden it was like uh, sort of an out of body thing. Yeah. Like where he was watching himself stab her, mm-hmm. which was very interesting to me. Yeah. Because it only happens maybe twice. Two, tw- yeah, twice in the yeah, movie. Yeah, during, la- the, during the old woman kill. The yeah. older woman. Yeah, that's right. And then the aerial silk dancer. So I, I, I don't know. Like I wonder what the motivation behind behind those two points in the film was to show him in third person rather than yeah. in first person. If it happened every time, I 
would say it's something to look into, but I'm not. I almost feel like it was just a directorial mis like overlook. I don't think so. Just uh, it the, it seemed very deliberate. Like it like there was. I I feel like it was more like a. Uh, I don't know. I uh, see. I can I could see where it would happen with the the older lady because he actually thought that she was his mom. Like mm-hmm. he said, oh, you can you can change your makeup and you can change your hair, but you can't fool me. I know that you're, I know who you are. And he's like literally talking to her like, uh, like it was his mom. Mm-hmm. So I can see I can see in that part in the movie where it would go into third person because it would almost I I guess I don't know if it would like signify sort of an out of body thing where because he he definitely had uh, two sides to his personality. There were times where he was like speaking to himself in the mirror, yeah. where he was talking to somebody else. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, there was like a So that's why I wonder if the when they cut to the third person kind of thing is it like the the sort of innocent side of himself watching the like the the evil side of himself carry out these heinous acts? It could yeah. be. You know what yeah. I mean? The movie definitely does allude to that because uh one of the earlier in one of the earlier kills of the movie, he says why did you do that? Why can't I just have one? Right. And uh there isn't any clear explanation of just how far that goes as far as uh, split personality or something like that. But I, that's something that's that he says fairly early on in the movie that leads you to definitely believe that it could be something like that. Right. So he, yeah, just to, to give a background here. So Frank, played by Elijah Wood... <laughs> <laughs> Elijah Wood is uh, he's a serial killer. He he murders uh, two women before he meets Anna. Um, he meets the the girl at the club. So, so there's the there's the first there's the first kill of the movie, which is a yeah. We should go through it. Yeah, it was the first kill of the movie, which I thought was I, I think it might actually be my favorite kill. It's particularly because yes. they're all brutal. It's but that's... Uh, it's Judy who he knows where she lives. He like he eventually follows her. Is it yeah? That's her. He follows her home. And as she's going up to her apartment, he you see him cut all the wires in the apartment so all the lights go out. And he follows her up to her door, and she's about to walk in through her door. And then she hears something behind her, and he, he just says, please don't scream. And yeah, then like, You're and so he beautiful. Goes, he goes, you're so beautiful. And then right as she goes to scream, he's got this huge like Bowie knife. And uh, you see him just like reach out, and she goes to scream, and he shoves it up through her jaw and like in up through her head (laughs) (laughs) and it's just so gnarly and then like just kind of holds her there and then grabs her by the hair pulls the knife out and then does a a quick like slice across her forehead and then she falls and her scalp stays in his hand yeah that was a graphic scalping it was really crazy this is one of the most brutally gory movies that I've seen in recent memory. Is it really? Yeah, especially as it gets towards the end, especially with what happens to him. Mm. Like, it, I watched there and I was just, I, I, I know I can't express this over audio, but I'm sitting up there, my hands are just over my mouth. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you need to go back and watch some of the movies that we've watched on this show then before, because this was, it, it was pretty gory. It gets gory at times, but this was, I, I felt like this was relatively tame compared to some of the movies we've watched. I thought it was, the, what caught me off guard, I, I agree with you. Um, it was, it was really, it wasn't so much that it was 
like like absurdly gory. It was it was extremely realistic to me, and it was kind of it was it kind of turned me off to be honest to the movie at some at times. I'm like, God damn, this is really fucking realistic, <laughs> and I don't I don't feel good about it. But yeah. I mean, it's effective in what it's trying to do, obviously. Yeah, but. Well, like really, and uh, it, it's pretty obvious they use mostly. Um, practical effects in this movie mm-hmm. yeah and yeah some of them were gnarly like the the first scalping i thought was pretty unrealistic because i don't think that you can just slice yeah. somebody across the forehead and peel their scalp off but it was the second one uh it was um the the girl who was all tattooed a red lose 88 when, yeah when he starts so I, I think is that the one where he first takes out the yeah he takes out the um straight razor mm-hmm and he starts slicing across her head, and like as he's peeling it back, there's like all this like, like uh, like tissue and fiber that's still attached to her skull, mm-hmm. and like that one's way more realistic. And I was like, oh, that is. I I actually kind of forgot how gnarly some of the stuff in this movie was. Yeah, and and honestly, the with scalping, and I I don't know why I learned this in high school. <laughs> it's when you make that first cut and you start the peeling, it's something that is supposedly supposed to happen really easily. So if he was strong enough just to hold hold the hair as she fell... Her body weight would peel her scalp off? Yes. That's, yes. Oh, so that is kind of realistic. Yeah, it, 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 because I don't I know, think it would come off so cleanly, though. Probably you not. But, I mean? but when you look at it, he did a bad job. There was definitely more hair on that scalp <laughs> when he stapled it to the mannequin than he yeah. actually successfully pulled yeah. off. So, and, so let's get into that. He, he's scalping them with the purpose of st- he owns a, a mannequin restoration shop that mm-hmm. he inherited from his family. Third generation. Yeah. yeah. So he, he kills these women, he scalps them, and that's like his the relic that he's collecting or the memento, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he's stapling them to mannequins in his bedroom, and he's he's keeping them there. And in some way or another, in his his fucked up uh, mind, they're they're like coming to life. They're like, like his his girlfriends. They're yeah, like, like living girlfriends. Yeah, they're almost <laughs> immortal in a way, even though their corpse is dead, and and the, he just has their hair. So he's somehow immortalizing them in his in his bedroom. But he, so he kills. I, I think three women before he meets Anna, right? I think so. I think so he, it's it's the first one through the through yeah, the, the jaw, club, uh, red, the redhead, red Lucy, and then the the the, the uh, ribbon dancer, yeah, whatever, the silk yeah. dancer. So he kills her, and that's that's a gnarly that's a gnarly scene uh, when he kills her. But oh, the Achilles tendon. Oof, that's yeah. that's one of the uh, the slicing of the Achilles tendon is my. One of my Achilles heels. So yeah. Pet Cemetery got you too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. That's one of that's one of my things in movies that makes me cringe every single time. Yeah. It's like stuff with fingernails and uh, stuff with the eyeballs and stuff with Achilles tendons. Like that's those are the you. ones that can make me yeah. cringe every time. And that's a really realistic one too, because he slices her Achilles tendon and you know, like there's uh uh, there's a scene in Hostel where the guy slices the the other guy's Achilles tendons and then tells him to like walk across the room. Ah. And I think the guy actually gets up and takes a couple steps before he falls, which is completely unrealistic. Because mm-hmm. that Achilles tendon is it, that's that's once once you screw that up, like that's the whole it's structure done. of your ankle. So when he does it in this movie, he slices her Achilles tendon and then her ankle immediately breaks too. Yep. Like the weight of her body breaks her ankle because the tendons no longer, like the integrity of the whole structure has been compromised and her ankle just goes. 
and she yep. falls to the ground. I'm like, no, it, it's the worst. It's funny because my note for this part, because he's under the car and you just see her walking up. My uh-huh. note is, please no ankle cut. <laughs> and then my next one is F. Uh, <laughs> it's, oh God, it's, it's gruesome. Oh, and I, then like, ugh. and also like stabbing to me has always been, uh, it's I I think that uh, I think that Heath Ledger's Joker probably describes it the best in in uh, the Dark Knight when he talks about like all the little emotions you know yeah uh, like because stabbing seems like a very personal yes very like just uh, like hate filled act do you know what I mean yeah mm-hmm. like it's one thing to shoot somebody or like or or like I don't know like. How else do you kill people in in movies? Like, yeah, throw them off of a building or whatever. But there's something about stabbing that's so visceral and so personal that it's just like it's kind of hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. You it, know what it, I mean? It gets me because a lot a lot of times in these movies you see the stabbing happen. In the first couple stabs, it's like okay, you you get to a hospital quick, you're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. But they just keep going. It's one of those things where you make the first stab and then you have to have this like mental break where it's like, I got to keep going and you continue. It, it, yeah. it gets me too. Mm-hmm. And this movie definitely shows them in a way that is so effective in like you feeling the dread behind it. Well, like you said, it's almost, it's almost too real. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like it's yeah, got, sure. it's like very disturbing. Yes. Um, but it's, uh, as far as like practical effects and stuff go, it's very well oh, done. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so he, after he, after he kills these three women, he ends up meeting this girl, Anna, who, what she does is, is she's a photographer, but she specifically photographs mannequins. So already yeah. he's intrigued by her because she's interested in mannequins just the way that he is. And yeah. she seeks him out in a way. Not in, well, she doesn't seek him out, but they meet accidentally almost. Right. Yeah, it's it's not, like, of course, you're sitting there in your creepy mannequin shop, and then a, wo- a French woman with no bra shows up. Beautiful <laughs> French woman. <laughs> so, so Anna is played by uh, Nora Arnzetter. Is that, is that how you would pronounce her name? Aren't yeah, Aaron Zetter. Yeah, and uh, she's. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> I'm gonna let you take this one. Hi, hi, hi. Looking fine from yeah. behind. <laughs> she nice. <laughs> she's real nice. <laughs> like she, her level of beauty to me. It's like uh, it just—it's like impossible, like unfair. Yeah, it's like wait a minute. What? It's like that's not. There's people like you in the world. I don't. I don't know. Your beauty is making my toxic masculinity boil up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very, very beautiful, and uh, uh, and and for some reason into Elijah Wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which was weird. It's like if well, you're if your uh, uh, creep alarm was not well, not not because right, Elijah Wood is not like an ugly dude, but yeah. just wait, 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 wait. We can't say he's attractive because Mike looks like him. Well, <laughs> that's, that's that's what I was gonna get at. Is like he looks like Mike, and uh, let's let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but it, as the maniac, I mean, his he's he has like the dark circles around his eyes, bloody hands, probably smells, looks. 
Unkept for sure. Yeah, I yeah. I But she's yeah. like, Oh, what a beautiful mannequin shop you have. Can I take pictures? It's like <laughs> she like, sees past all of that to his to his deeper beauty. Honey, you need to dive a little deeper. <laughs> it's like do do you know how he washes his hands? Like we we talked about oh, his God. hands already before about how they're bloody and all that Steel stuff. Wool. I, Steel. I, I noticed that right away and then it it shows him washing his hands and like really scrubbing with steel wool. It made me cringe so bad. It was like he was mixing up the knife with his hands. You know, like sometimes he would, because there's one point in the movie where he's He's scrubbing his hands, and then the knife appears, and he's like scrubbing the knife. He's, he's like, like Wait. yeah, and, and like he scrubbed the knife, and then like moved up to his hands, and yeah, yeah, uh, it, like the knife was an extension of yeah, him. Yeah, and it, it it reminded me of the movie the the me- the mechanic, uh, which I can't remember his name, but he played Batman, Christian Bale, Christian Bale mm. and in that movie he washes his hands with lye. Oh god, which lye is burns your hands. Yeah, chemical and it, burns. And he you just see him pour it on there and like scrubbing his hands and all that stuff. I'm like, that's what do you what? <laughs> no, you want skin? <laughs> like, yeah. What made me cringe even more is when he would use the steel wool on the knife. You're going to ruin the finish on your life, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> so, so he meets Anna. She, she's a uh, an up-and-coming photographer from New York who's here. Where where are they? Do, do they say? I don't know. Uh, they're, they're in Los Angeles. They are? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is, is the most desolate version of Los Angeles It ever. really is because <laughs> yeah. every time any woman is running away from him, there is Nobody's nobody there. around. Right. It's like a ghost town. There, there would be at least a vagrant somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Where are you running off to, honey? <laughs> and when something. And the movie, I, I appreciated how self-aware the movie was in that regard because when the aerial silk dancer was running away, she just could find nobody, and she kept screaming, where is everybody? Yeah. And I was like, okay, at least you're aware of how absurd this scenario is. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that was a great scene. Like, like her running in that subway was yeah. like an iconic scene. Yeah, you're watching it, and they had they had great music to accompany. This oh, whole the, film has yeah, awesome the, music. Yeah, it really had kind of an '80s throwback yeah. feel to it. Music by Rob. Shout out to Rob, <laughs> aka Robert Codert is his name. Is it? Who, yeah. who is he? He's just some guy. I don't know. He goes by Rob. I love that though because I remember watching that. Like there was some cool '80s music, very synth-driven stuff yeah. playing, and then they're showing the credits, and it just says "music by Rob." Rob. <laughs> <laughs> like Rob, you're straight up killing it, Rob. Yeah. Hell yeah, Rob. It, it definitely was very John Carpenter-esque, which I know we all appreciate. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, and it He's definitely just some guy, I guess. definitely had like uh like you know like callbacks to the. Obviously, to the original 1980 version and all the 80s slashers movies. Yep. So, yeah, I appreciated that big time. That scene, though, pissed me off a little bit, though, because she did. There was one point in time where she found herself. Uh, so there was, uh, there would have been essentially a railing and a huge stairwell, like a double wide stairwell, and then a, another railing in between them. And he's looking across at her, and she's like, "Like, what? What? The, why are you following me? What the fuck are you doing?" She could have just, she literally could have just stayed there all night. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like the, it's like one of those things where, like, when when you're younger, and uh, uh, you know, like you and your you and your buddy are chasing each other around the car. As long as you stay on the opposite side of the car of the person, mm-hmm. they can never catch you. 
And she, that's all she would have had to do. Yeah, just. I mean, it yeah. would have been a you know, it would have been a huge test because she would have had to basically stay awake all night until the mm-hmm. subway was was uh, populated again. But I mean, if you know, it's a life and death situation. But then she ends up running back over to his side. Yeah. And, and I was then, like, yeah, "What are you doing? Like, you kind of had you kind of had it right there. Like, you could have yeah, stayed yeah. away from him because if he tries to go around, you just go further this way, and if he goes this way, you go that way. Like, turn into she a little Benny Hill scene. Yeah, like a little round. These round are the rob, these like are the, a monkey chases the weasel kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> these are the logistics of uh, horror movies that uh, don't they can't add up. It's it's, like, <laughs> it's the it's like the horror trope of like, oh god, there's a guy killing everybody on the main floor of the house. I'm gonna run upstairs yeah. rather than running." out of the house right, exactly to the neighbor's house yeah, yeah. doing the, the logical thing and then, and then she runs into an enclosed parking lot she's <laughs> yeah. like well i'll be safe in here oh oh shit, shit. Yeah, maybe I won't. He, he shut the gate <laughs> oh oh no i hope he doesn't cut my ankles <laughs> but yeah um, so oh sorry go ahead oh no, no, go, go i was just gonna it. say that so i guess to move the move the plot along so uh frank uh he meets this this woman anna who's interested in his mannequins that he's restoring and, and you start to learn that he's sort of like a a boutique um mannequin restoration artist right. so to speak and um so they start developing a friendship, and you can tell quickly that he's like fascinated by her. He's, he thinks she's beautiful, and she's not quite falling into the category of his his victims uh, in in the the subsequent scene, or the I guess the prior scenes in the movie. And then they, they start developing this relationship, and then meanwhile, you're also seeing elements of Frank that I thought they kind of made me feel for the guy in some way, like because he could tell he's obviously tortured. The way that he became this monster is yeah, a, you know, a product of his environment. He has these insane headaches well, or, uh, that almost uh, these like migraines that take him out of the current moment right. and are, are really destructive to him or he needs medication and, and I almost started to feel bad for him but it's like also I didn't because he's a cold-blooded killer yeah. a <laughs> obvious, obvi- obviously a psychopath but. right so they develop this relationship, and then she ends up having an art gallery and using some of his mannequins, and that's what we were talking about earlier, how she projected her her face onto these mannequins. And I feel like uh, I, like if things had continued the way he wanted to where, uh, you know, because like like by the end of the movie he said, I just wanted to be with you. Do you think that it would have, I mean, like logically a psychopath is a psychopath like you can't it's there's yeah. it's just what you are like there's not really much you can do about that except for i guess yeah. you know medication and and therapy and stuff like that but it is a proper mental illness but uh like within the confines of this movie do you think that if she if if things would have gone the way he wanted them to go would would he have been able to kind of live with her and 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 sort of so. like normalize his life a little bit or were, or were things just destined to be terrible? Honestly, I could go either way because by the time he starts developing that relationship, he's ha- he has committed a couple of murders where he has left a lot of evidence. So mm-hmm. uh, even if it had gone well and he was able to stop, he was going to get caught and things were going to like go downhill from there. Yeah. But at the same time, the movie alludes to like the first kill is the first kill. Yeah, that like there's no evidence that there were more except for maybe one. Uh, the I th- I think the mannequin in the bed that he called his girlfriend also had a scalp. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was the first kill though. 
Whoa. Because oh, it was yeah. wearing oh, her yeah. dress. You're, yeah, you're right. That was that was the first kill. And then the girl that he brought back and introduced to his girlfriend, quote unquote, in the bed was the redhead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it it seems like they were the like these these the, batch of kills were the first. Okay. So, and that's and that's why he was so terrible at not uh, at at killing with like without trying to leave evidence behind. Yes. Because he was he was new to killing. Yeah, because there was yeah. fingerprints everywhere. Like there, he had sex with the second woman, or she at least like was giving him a blowjob. <laughs> so like a, a swab in the mouth, and they would have gotten his oh, DNA sure. and all that stuff. So by the second kill, there's proof that there was evidence definitely tying him to her there. <laughs> so I, honestly, I I don't know like. Either way, things would have gone downhill at some point yeah. just because he would have gotten caught. But he was early enough in his whole act of killing people. Maybe he could have just been like, okay, I'll, I'll suppress this. But it's something that, honestly, probably would come back out at some point. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it would have worked because it seemed like his whole fascination with Anna was predicated purely on aesthetics. You know, it wasn't like... Oh yeah, I can talk to her. She's really nice, and she she gets me. She understands me. Like it was more of like her naivete of just, oh yeah, I'll just talk to this random weirdo who rest, restores uh, mannequins and yeah. And there I, were there were several scenes where she like she just caught him staring at her. Yeah, and his his whole drive for for his victims and Anna was just purely on aesthetics. You mm-hmm. know, like he didn't really give a shit about her photography. Like he would she would show him, and he's just like. Oh yeah, that's me being a creep in my own store behind a behind a mannequin. You know, like it was very surface level. You know, it didn't seem like she could. I don't think it could. I don't think she could write that ship. I don't think anybody <laughs> could write that ship personally. So let me uh, let's just kind of let's start to wrap this up. There's one thing I wanted to ask, and this was something that I thought about the first time I saw this movie. So uh, by the end of the movie, many events transpire, and he ends up back. Uh, I don't. You don't really see him get back to his 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 place, but um, at this point, there's been bloodshed like in several parts of the city. Uh, maybe the cops are on to him. He gets back to his place, and essentially, all the mannequins come to life, and he's confronted by uh all these women that he's killed, and they start like tearing him to pieces, which is a really cool scene. It's and they so tear intense. they tear his face off to reveal a mannequin. Mm-hmm. He has, he has like, he seemingly has no way of discerning the real world from the mannequins, right? And the very last thing that you see in the movie is him huddled in the corner, like laying there all, you know, battered and bloody. And all of his female mannequins are like kind of standing around in the room. And then you also see uh, a few cops standing and pointing their guns with their flashlights at him. But the cops are standing completely still like mannequins. And I've always, I've wondered since I've seen this movie, since he has no way of discerning the mannequins from the real world, is it possible that he got back to his place and actually like just in his mind, like kind of created this story where the cops were onto him and actually set up mannequins to look like cops and those, and, and, you see those cops standing there completely still, not moving a muscle, not arresting him, not doing anything, just standing there like statues. And is there any way that 
he was just literally just sitting in that room surrounded by all mannequins. Hmm. May, maybe I I took it. I didn't think of that. I, I thought of it. I thought the ending was a very sobering ending because it just showed him. It showed two versions of of reality. His reality was that he was torn apart by the mannequins, mm-hmm. but it seemed like the actual reality was that he was just in a closet and he maybe tore away part of his face or maybe that happened when he got hit by the the car. Right. Who knows? Yeah. But, I thought they were actual cops, but that's a good point. I didn't really think of but that. But you're, you're saying like it's showing, it's sobering because it's showing two different realities, his reality and then the actual reality of yeah. the cops being there, but his reality is not being able to tell the difference between the right. mannequins and real people. That's a good point. So what if, what if those cops were literally just mannequins set up and, yeah. and like in his own head, he's creating this narrative where, oh, I'm, I'm caught like this is, and maybe like he had already suffered some pretty, it seemed like some pretty mortal wounds, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like maybe he got back there and he set himself up like without really knowing it, set himself up to make it look like he had been caught, but he's literally just laying on the floor dying surrounded by mannequins. That's a good point. You know what I mean? I like it. I, I, uh, I, I don't think that's what actually happened, but it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I I forget what's called like a mind cannon or something where you kind of fill in your own gaps and decide like, this is what actually happened. I like that thought. I feel like that's kind of how it's supposed to be. Because otherwise, like if cops broke in and found this bloody dude and a bunch of bloody mannequins everywhere and obviously probably a trail of blood leading from two dead people to his place... The cops wouldn't just be standing there staring at him. They would have him on the ground with their knee on the back of his neck arresting yeah. him. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like I like that. That I like your ending um, because, honestly, one of my, my gripes with the movie is I just I felt like it seemed kind of, and I don't know, this might sound mean or straightforward, but it seemed kind of pointless almost to me. The, the movie to be honest <laughs> like it was just this senseless killing and i mean i get that it was a it was a slice of life if you will yeah. <laughs> of of a psychopath uh-huh. but i didn't find the the elements that made him a psychopath compelling enough to to enjoy the movie yeah you know like i i don't see myself watching this movie again mm-hmm. i thought it was well done it was beautiful the music was great the the practical effects were excellent the acting was great but i just I don't know. It was to me. It was just lacking that. Like, what was the point? Right. I don't know. Why did I just watch this guy kill brutally? Yeah, brutally kill five women, or I guess I don't know. Because mm-hmm. he's know. a maniac. Yeah, maniac. yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was <laughs> over my head, I, or maybe it's just not for me per se. But no, I just, that's fair. I just yeah. didn't quite. That's fair. I just didn't quite get it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't see the original either, so I don't know. I, I haven't seen the original, but I, I love this movie. It's it's definitely one that, as I watched more of it, I angled my laptop more and more so my wife couldn't see it. Because <laughs> I feel like this is the ultimate horror movie for women. Because it's like it's all these women just living life and then getting killed out of nowhere. So when you say ultimate horror movie for women, you mean like a movie that women would be terrified of. Because yes. it's like... Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's it's your biggest fear, like yeah. being preyed upon by some psychopath. Yeah, and that's something that, from what I understand, women just generally fear because, well, it's especially like, these days. I mean, like yeah. they, you know, like 
a lot of women are afraid to even like go out and walk the streets by themselves because yeah, right. there's just terrible things that happen all exactly. the time. Exactly. Like I dropped Allie off to grab her car in Detroit today and I sat there and I waited until she got through a door that you need a key card to get through to get right. to her car. Sure. So like it's something that we're worried about and it was just a great movie uh, for that and I thought that Elijah Wood did it's like the music Elijah Woods act, acting was wonderful like it, it's one that I'm definitely going to like if I find it for the right price I'm going to put it in my collection right I loved on. it right on all right, well, that uh, that's Maniac. We talked about that for quite a while. We sure did. Uh, so the next movie that we're going to talk about is The Good Son from 1993. A young boy stays with his aunt and uncle and befriends his cousin, a boy of the same age, who begins showing increasing signs of violent and psychopathic behavior. I love this movie. Yeah, I did too. Uh, this I is... I, I, I remember seeing the trailers for it when I was younger and being disturbed by the trailers alone. And then when I finally saw it, when I got a little bit older, I was equally as disturbed by the movie. And uh, and it held up for me. Like, when I watched it last night, I was at, especially the especially the climax of this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, oh I've gosh. seen it before, and I still, like, there's no preparing yourself for the end of this movie. It's crazy. No. Yeah, typically movies that have, that center around kids just don't, I, I don't like them. I find child actors in stories revolving around children to just not be entertaining at all really and so when you mentioned last week that uh it was a young Macaulay Culkin and uh young Elijah Wood I I was hesitant that's one of the reasons (laughs) why I didn't pop in and be like yeah let's do that but when I watched the trailer and when I watched the movie it like the payoff is so good Mm -hmm. it's for the age that they are, like Macaulay Culkin was definitely definitely played the role super well. And Elijah Wood, it's clear that he had good acting chops even back yeah. then. And the fact that their kids did not subtract from the movie even a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I thought that honestly, like, and I don't mean this in a dig towards Elijah Wood, but I feel like he he was he was as good of an actor as he is now mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Does that? Does, I, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way at all. No, it's like no. it's not like he hasn't evolved or gotten better as an actor, but it's like he's so cerebral and just like in it. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable to yeah. me. Like watching this movie, you're like, he's how old? Like when I was a fucking idiot when I was his age. Like I <laughs> yeah. couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't even do a, a tenth of what he did uh-huh. in that movie. It's unreal. Yeah. I feel like uh, I mean, like he's he's a he's a very famous actor. He's been in some of the biggest movies, especially the Lord of the Rings movies. But I feel like even still, I he probably doesn't really get uh, his due. Yeah, as an actor, it is strange. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and when you learn more about him outside of movies, like as a person, the dude's just cool. Mm-hmm. Like you look up funny pictures of Elijah Wood with fans and oh yeah you'll you'll your day will lighten up like it's just he's he's the kind of guy who goes the extra mile to like make a fan's day yeah you know what I mean like that's like he'll do the the pictures the meet and greets and it's not just like a lot of the actors you'll see that are just they're just kind of like uh, like phoning in like yeah I'll put my arm around you and yeah. we'll smile at the camera yeah. but like he gives people piggyback rides and like they give him piggyback rides those are my and, like, favorites they, do, they just do like really silly photos and yeah. stuff he seems like the type of guy who genuinely loves being around his fans and stuff oh, like that. Cool. Yeah, really and, cool. and that's one of the things that I like about him it's like <clears throat> I don't know why I care so much about that but I do 
Um, so, uh, so this movie, Macaulay Culkin, as we mentioned, plays Henry. Uh, Elijah Wood is Mark. Um, David Morse. David Morris, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jack, J, uh, he's he plays a small part. He's uh, Elijah Wood's dad in this movie. Uh, Wendy Crewson plays Susan. Daniel he, Daniel Hugh Kelly plays Wallace, and uh, Quinn Calkin, young oh. uh, young Quinn Calkin. I didn't realize that, but that I'm, totally makes sense. I mean, if there's if there's a Calkin, they're probably in a movie somewhere, right? Every other damn Calkin. <laughs> there's three Calkins in this movie. It's uh oh yeah because yeah. K- Kieran plays the picture of Little Richard right that's Rory oh is it Rory yep what? okay Rory was in uh, Castle Rock okay yeah I don't know my Culkin uh, dynasty very well they're all, <laughs> they're all over the damn place I don't know if Quinn did anything after this but like she uh, she looks a lot like Elijah Wood when I saw her face I was like she they this is great casting she looks exactly like Elijah Wood in the night or uh, uh, like uh, Macaulay Culkin sorry. And uh, then I saw the name. I was like, oh, look at that. Yeah. Quinn Culkin. Um, so, uh, basically, Elijah Wood's mother passes away at the beginning of this movie. And his father is a businessman, and he decides he needs to go away on a business trip to Tokyo because it's, like, this big deal. If he closes his deal in Tokyo, he'll never have to leave his son again. Like, they can just live out the rest of their lives together. He can be there for his son, so... He decides to make this hard choice soon after his wife dies to go to Tokyo and he leaves his uh, son, uh, Henry, with Mark and his parents and his little sister in or Mark, Maine. In Mark Maine. with uh, Henry. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Mark was Elijah Wood. Henry was Macaulay Culkin. Um, and <laughs> the first the first montage of them hanging out and running around the town was to a T me and my cousin TJ when we were younger. Every single thing that they did. It started with the uh, the running out and going up into the treehouse. We used to build treehouses all the time. I was like, I was watching this movie. I was like, our childhood was sweet. Back when we were kids, like, <laughs> yeah. I won't let my kids run. I, right. I won't even let yeah. my kids 15 feet from me nowadays. But, like, this is what our, our childhoods used to be. Like, mm-hmm. we would go out, like, we'd, we'd just head out, like, with a... A bunch of two by fours and some axes and some bow and arrows into the woods, and his parents would just be like, "All right, we'll see you at lunch." Yep, and that's and like that's <laughs> that what seems the mom irresponsible, says. but we're still alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she says, "See you at lunch," and so they go from the treehouse, and then they go from the treehouse to a, an old factory where they're smashing windows <laughs> to facing me, public property. Yeah, me and my cousin used to go to the junkyard and smash the windows out of cars. And then they went to this old well where uh, Macaulay Culkin takes a tin out and they smoke some cigarettes. And that's what me and my cousin used to do. We started smoking cigarettes when we were like 10 years old. Like, it, this wow. was my childhood. And then and then it gets it starts to get dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Real quick about the treehouse. Why the fuck was that treehouse so high up? It was so high. They had to have had a crane to, to install this. It, like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, they it's were cli- so high up in the air. They were climbing up. It. At first, there was like an angled ladder, but then it was just uh, two by fours nailed right into the, the, the tree. Insane. And I was like, well, yeah, that's kind of how we made it when we were younger, but ours was only 12 feet in the air. Like, this thing had to be 40, 50 oh, feet up in the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a tall-ass tree. House. I was like, where are your parents, and why are they letting exactly. you build this thing? So high up in yeah. the air. It was on their property still. They had to have been aware that... You would think so. They lived in a mansion, like, uh, right on the water, and then apparently an earshot distance from a, a steep 
uh, cliff face. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids are just like, oh, we're hanging out by the cliff face. No NBD. There's no there's no gates, anything preventing them from falling into this fucking... That's what... There was... The, the, not, to, not to jump ahead, but one of the parts that drove me crazy in this movie is um, Mark eventually decides that he wants to tell the mom that he thinks that some of Henry's uh, behavior is disturbing. And uh, Henry's mom goes out to this, like, bluff which is this huge drop off to the sea and she just stands out there and she thinks about her her young son who died in a terrible drowning accident in the bathtub and uh and uh Mark goes out there to tell him about Henry's behavior or tell her about Henry's behavior at one point in time and she doesn't want to hear it she slaps him she says don't you talk about him like that and then she just leaves i'm like that you just left a 12 year old boy Eight feet from a two hundred foot drop off into the angry sea. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, Just, yeah. like this is not <laughs> responsible adulting. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I th- like that part to me. I was just like. Uh, Never in my life would I ever no. leave a small child out on a giant cliff like that. But mm-hmm. I guess that was just her thing. Um, <laughs> oh, the nineties. That's what, that's really what stuck out to me about this this film is, is it was like. The underlying theme was just like, what not to do as a parent. <laughs> period. Like, these kids were never supervised. Um, they're just fucking going around, defacing public property, climbing fifty foot tree uh, tree stands. They were uh, they the kid made a they had he had his own shack. Henry had his own shack where he concocted a, a homemade crossbow, which he launched nails from to kill a dog eventually. A pretty ingenious invention too yeah. Was, I, yeah was that a leaf spring at i the don't front know of it? that was intense it looked like a leaf spring and if you think about the the tension that you could get from a fucking leaf spring yeah like you'd be able to why you'd be able to kill a dog <laughs> <laughs> you would just think if maybe a parent was involved just a little bit more hey what's going on in the shack are you making a crossbow maybe? well and that's yeah. the thing is when she finally makes her way out to the shack it seems like it's the first time she's ever yeah. been out there insane yeah. and she's <laughs> walking through and she's like oh a doll hanging from a noose uh, what's going yeah, on that's no, like, like, yeah. like like uh mark already told you that henry's acting in a disturbing way and then you walk out there and you see this weird little doll hanging from from a perfectly tied noose. I was like, is that not a red flag Exactly. To you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe something's wrong w- with my child. So I had a thought. Uh, this movie is is basically, you know, given that it's uh, Macaulay Culkin, this movie is basically Home Alone, but if the parents never left and left Kevin at Home Alone, he would have to turn his aggression towards somebody, and it would be the family. Right. Right? And he'd just be making more ingenious ways of uh, destroying intruders. Because <laughs> it's kind of what he's doing. Oh, what if, what if in the Home Alone movies, what if they actually knew that Kevin was a psychopath? And so once a year, because they leave him Home Alone several times, that's why there's sequels to those movies. Once a year they leave and they accidentally leave Kevin Home Alone <laughs> so that he can carry out these like sadistic things that he wants to do. <laughs> And he baits in these poor crooks <laughs> to kill them. The cops are in on it, and they're like, "Oh, just 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 like Kevin, just like Kevin McAllister, deal with them. They'll be fine." That'd be a good idea. He for, kills uh, two crooks a year. It's awesome. Actually. <laughs> but Crime t- rates are down, <laughs> but he's but he's upset because these two keep getting away. So he keeps trying to murder them. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's interesting. 
I, I think like it. I think there's a I think there's a there's a part of the McAllister family who knows that they they know that Kevin has these tendencies and they're just like like maybe not everybody's in on it but the dad for sure knows <laughs> and so it's like oh let's get everybody on the boat and then the mom doesn't know so she's freaking out what we left him what I don't, can't believe that That's oh crazy. geez oh, I need no. to go back home no 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 honey why don't you stay here it, it's safer here in France he's resourceful <laughs> um so. Oh geez, we're uh, almost two hours into this thing already. Um, so uh, uh, another thing that stood out to me, which I thought was pretty interesting, is uh, about halfway through the movie, and actually I I I said this to Mike last night too, and I'm gonna see if I can like cobble together a more coherent thought here than I I did last night because he didn't get what I was saying at first. But about halfway through the movie, there's a a scene where he um, basically tries to kill his sister. By yeah. taking her out to a pond, and there it's like an ice skating pond. There's a ton of people there, but there's one section of the pond that's taped off, and uh, it because it's thin ice. And he gets her going really fast, and then lets her out onto the thin ice. She falls through, almost drowns. Uh, she survives, and she ends up in the hospital. And I noticed uh, a quick flash earlier in the movie, but then more so when he gets to the hospital. That about halfway through the movie, he ends up wearing a white sneaker on his right foot and a black sneaker on his left foot i noticed that but i didn't think anything of it there's I a never few, caught that there's a few things that i kind of picked up on in this so first i think it's kind of like a, a like duality sort of thing right. like a good and evil kind of thing mm-hmm. and then i made mike rewind back to that scene because i wanted to know what foot he was wearing each sneaker on and just as i thought he was wearing the white sneaker on the right and the black sneaker on the left and <laughs> Uh, because I, I I learned this be, I learned this through uh, um, an analysis of the show Dexter, mm-hmm. and Dexter is named Dexter because in Latin uh, Dexter is the Latin word for right, like right-handed, but the opposite of Dexter is sinister, and so uh, the idea behind Dexter as a character was um, what he was. What he was showing to people in real life was was uh, the opposite of sinister, so it was Dexter, you know. This is I'm still like I said I I can't coherently like put this together, but like it's it, so he like uh, Henry was wearing the black sneaker on the left, which was the sinister side, and he was wearing his white sneaker on the right, which was his Dexter side or the good side. So it was like good on the right evil on the left and that's those were the two sides of him like every time he was around his family he was putting on this like nice angel face right and then every time he was around mark he was showing his darker side so it's just like it it's that's a very like long way of you know like you could just look at it and be like oh like there's there's a white sneaker and a, and a black sneaker and that's just like the duality thing it's just a good and evil but I thought it was interesting that it actually did coincide with uh, the the main the main point in the Latin thing is like sinister is on the yeah. left. You know what I mean? Interesting. And I I didn't notice that, but honestly, I love small little details like that. When movies can throw in little things, little tiny things like that, like uh, in The Force Awakens, which if you haven't seen it, spoilers. I don't care. <laughs> uh, when uh, <laughs> Kylo Ren kills Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he as they're sitting there talking, her, his face is like half blue, half red. 
like just the, the lighting is hitting his face where it's like half and half. And then after he kills Han, his face is all red. Yeah. So it's at a point where he's deciding, am I going to go full, like which side am I going to go on? Uh-huh. And then when he kills Han Solo, he's to the dark side and now his face is red. Yeah. Like little details like that, that are where like when you think about the psychology of color and all, and all that, it's, it's very interesting when directors and writers and movie makers can throw in small details like yeah. that where you it's just interesting when you and when you notice that it, it's almost on a subconscious level until you start like rewatching the movie and kind of picking up on those little cues but mm-hmm. it it has the same effect either way like whether you realize it subconsciously it has that effect on your brain and then once you consciously realize what's going on, it has the same effect, but then you're more aware of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. I agree with you. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, <laughs> this is it's it's essentially just uh, it's essentially just a, a, a story about a, a a young kid finding out that his cousin is a psychopath, and uh, he's doing a good job of covering it up to yeah. everyone else. Yeah, and this the, the thing that surprised me is this movie was surprisingly effective in just like the fear factor of it because mm-hmm. there's a lot of horror movies that you'll watch it and you're like that's not scary but it's still technically horror because many different reasons right. but as I'm watching it and uh as uh Macaulay Culkin's character seems to be one step ahead of Mark uh Elijah Wood's character yeah. every step of the way he's just w- one step further in just like head, heading yeah. him off at the pass, like every time he thinks that Mark is gonna go, uh, like narc him out somewhere, yeah. he gets there before he before Mark can and sets up a scenario where he comes across as a like he does a really good job of making his parents seem, or his, making his parents think that uh, Mark is just mentally damaged from mm-hmm. losing his mother. Yeah, he's manipulating them to believe his side. And, and spin yeah. it so that Mark is, Mark is, is the villain. Yeah, Mark yeah. ends up looking like a nutter, and yeah. and Macaulay Culkin still looks like or Henry rather still looks like this sweet little kid who's just trying to, you know, care about everybody around him. Yeah. And I, honestly, I was sitting there and I was thinking, if I was an adult and I was in a similar situation where I saw these things happening, how could I? do better and even it's it's a my word versus yours uh situation where it's like it's he's the parent's son so they're going to automatically trust him a bit more right and as well it's if it was an adult in elijah's wood in elijah wood's uh shoes the situation wouldn't have played out too much differently. Like it would have gone a little bit quicker. Like they would have trusted him a bit quicker, but at the same time, like just his manipulation, his manipulation is so advanced and so well thought through that it just was uniquely effective Mm -hmm. in just being like, like how is he going to get the parents to understand this? Right. And uh, and kind of to add on to what you were saying earlier about uh, Elijah Wood's chops in this movie, I thought Macaulay Culkin did such an awesome job too because yeah. 
he in 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 movies like this where you have like a child psychopath a lot of the a lot of that can kind of come across as corny to me yeah yep but his was authentic man he, yeah he really like you believed that this kid was a a, a psycho and like yeah. he was a master manipulator yeah and like he man he played it so straight he played it so well i thought it was awesome he was quick to um you know he would he would play he would he, he wouldn't oversell the line you know like a lot of times he would, uh, he would kind of back, like back off on on a on a sinister statement that he would make. You know, he would go back and be like, "Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I was, yeah, I, I was wrong. Yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that." Or you right. Know. But then there's other times where he doubles down and he, like he says to Mark at one point, he's like, "Don't fuck with me, Mark." You know, oh, like, yep. that, 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 that line, part, yeah. that part hits you. Like, I, well, especially because this this movie was I kind of hot off the heels of uh, of Home Alone, right? Mm-hmm. And that line, I was like, I wonder how many people lost, like, not only lost their minds when they saw sweet little Kevin McAllister in this role to begin with, but when he looks down at, like, at that point, it, it's kind of, like, symbolic, too, because uh, he's he's saying it from up in the treehouse as uh, Elijah Wood is, like, climbing down the rope. Mm-hmm. So, like... Like he has, he has the upper ground, you know. Like yeah. he has the high ground, and he looks down at him, and he just he delivers that line. And it's chilling. Yeah, don't fuck, yeah, sure. don't fuck with me. And yeah. he doesn't like, he doesn't like, like a lot of kids, like a lot of child actors could really kind of uh, ham it up. Yeah, like ham it up, like overdo that line. But it's like just such a subtle, like creepy delivery that he gives, and it's like, man, that's really authentic. Yeah. Like it was really, really good. And the ending of this movie. Uh, last night was the first time Mike said he had seen this movie before but he hadn't seen it in years and years and years so he didn't remember anything about it and at the the like the very end of the movie the climax the decision that the mom has to make yeah. which I won't I'm, we're not going to give yeah. we usually give away everything about a movie and sometimes we decide to keep some things to ourselves this is one of those things I'll keep to myself but the decision that she makes at the end of the movie is crazy it's like one of the worst decisions you would ever have to make as a parent. Yeah, right. And uh and Mike Mike was just like, Holy shit, I did not see that coming. <laughs> like and, and and the fact that not only does that happen, but then they kind of show you they sh- there's another shot after that where they show I guess I I don't know, the aftermath yeah. of what has happened. And that's even he- like that's so heavy. Like they don't usually yeah. show that kind of stuff. <laughs> another another thing I really liked about the ending, without spoiling it, is that um, they didn't go, they didn't delve into a bunch of additional ac- un- unnecessary expose. It was just like this is what happened. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I don't need it, to tie it up with the perfect bow for you. Like, right. This is it, fucking what happened. Well, because that's <laughs> the, like that's kind of how things would go in real life. Like yeah. sometimes shitty things happen, and that's just the way it is. And yeah. like you're left at the end of the movie, or, or you're left at the end of this event, just thinking like, this sucks. This is yep. a part of my life now. Yeah. Like this fucking sucks. And what happens at the end of this movie? sucks <laughs> on so many really levels bad. for everyone involved and that's just the way that like it's a very bleak ending yeah yeah and they try and they try and like kind of there's the very last shot of elijah wood he's standing up on the mountains and like i don't really like the voiceover at the end I of this it. movie 
That it's like that's that kind of ruined the whole vibe for me. Like he's like, I sometimes wonder if like blah 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 blah, and I'm just like, you could have left that part out. Okay, just do the. You know what I mean? Like tuned out. You you could have like taken away that voiceover and just showed the shot of him standing on the mountain, like looking out over the desert, and like it would have been fine. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I the the monologue was completely unnecessary, and it was a it was a buzzkill. And the the music too, a little bit. Like there was the music was almost a little too whimsical in this movie. Yes, yeah. not, not it, dark enough. Like. It, it 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 definitely, I kind of liked it because it was definitely a very surreal vibe in that it was very whimsical. It showed this, like, especially during the happier moments, it was, like you said, whimsical. That's the best word you could use the, uh, to describe it. And then during the more sinister parts, it just cuts over so quick and the transition is so well done. Like a major you, juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of liked it, but especially at the end, it it did fit there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think we have to say too much more about this movie. Yep. I would suggest that uh, if this sounds interesting to anybody who hasn't seen it and you're still listening to this, go out and watch this movie. I Like, this is... I. I saw the 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 trailer for it when I was younger, and it blew my mind. And then when I finally saw the movie, it blew my mind even more. So, uh, and like I said earlier, I feel like it really held up over the years. So for sure, yeah, I would definitely, definitely check it out. I would definitely recommend this one. Yeah, it's a great horror movie. All right, well, uh, that's it for this week, boys. Next week, when we come back, it will uh, it will mark the return of our good buddy Mike. And uh, everything will be right in the world. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be good to hear Mike again. Uh, yeah, because I'm a pile of shit. <laughs> no, nobody tunes in to listen to me. <laughs> All right. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook at The Buzzkill Podcast. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at The Buzzkill PC. And you can also find us on iTunes, SoundCloud. Well, I already said SoundCloud. Uh, all the first, second, third uh, party streaming services. You can basically find us anywhere you want. So, And if you're listening to this, you already found us. So tell a friend. Uh, if you want to find either one of these jokers. You can find me at Matt K. Tank on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me as Jancy Pants on pretty much every social media website. I feel like I kind of want to try this. If you want to find J-Rod, you can find me on all social media at... Ocean Recording. Ocean Recording. <laughs> I did, I, dot I, com. Dot, I, I usually have his whole thing. Like, I usually mouth the words as he's doing it, but I can't do it right now. Uh, yeah, Ocean Recording. Look up Ocean Recording for Studio. all your fantastic audio needs. Yeah, exactly. That's the part that... Uh, for all yeah. your fantastic audio needs. If you want to find J-Rodge, you can find him. Just listen to our old episodes. You'll find him somewhere. And uh, that's it for this week. I don't really know. Me and Mike discussed a couple of uh, subjects for it'll be a mystery next week. It'll be a mystery. We'll let you know on uh, on Instagram what movies we plan on talking about for next week, so that you can prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. And that uh, that's it. So oh. cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm? Trying to have a good night. Liquor. <laughs> <laughs>